0: The following is a presentation
1: of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily state to reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you. Controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio.
2: ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 24th of September, 2022. I'm your host, Bad Billy. And I got a great show lined up for you, as I always do. Yes, indeed. So uh, pretty much uh, this show is going to be mostly political, politically based, I will say. Yes, in just a little bit, you're going to hear me speaking with Matt Connerton and... Our brother in the Bearded Patriots, John Grosvenor. Yes, I decided since New Hampshire just wrapped up their primary elections and they're gearing up for the big day in November, I wanted to hear from two different people from the state of New Hampshire. And yes, indeed, uh, both uh, Matt Connerton and John Grosvenor decided, agreed to uh, join the show. Yes, indeed. So we'll hear from them in just a little bit. The second hour... Colonel Chris Wyatt, our other brother in the Bearded Patriots, yes, indeed, he is back from his month-long trip in South Africa, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and other pressing issues, and in the third hour, we have the icon, Stephen James for the Steve Solution. Before we get to all that, well, since uh, we're going to be talking New Hampshire, I thought it'd be fitting to play Scissor Fights, New Hampshire's All Right, if you like fighting. I'll be back with the conversation with Matt and John right after this.
3: And we
0: go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio. To Franklin, Mitch, Vegas, the Mount Washington <laughs> Observatory, Sequoia State Park, Kennewick's <laughs> Ale House, Ramona, and I, Lyman's, and Tirasville, Fort broken bones everywhere. Do you like to fight? They'll smash your fucking face in. <laughs>
4: Hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at Spirit Stores and Distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink cold cock whiskey. Please drink responsibly. <laughs>
0: because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. If a girl pulls a knife on you during a fight, just pull out some bread and mayo. Her womanly instincts will kick in and she'll make you a sandwich.
5: Ooh, is that Mr. Holland?
0: Yes, ma'am. Please don't touch. I
5: am proud of my heritage. I am a feminist. I believe in marriage equality. I am pro-choice. I am pro-life. I believe that there is a God. I'm not so sure. I am a Christian. I'm a Muslim. I believe there is no God. I'm bisexual. I am transgender.
6: I
2: am unique. I have something important to say. Everything we say is protected under the First Amendment. Express yourself. Don't allow yourself to be silenced. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association.
4: So you go into your sporting goods or firearms store to get that gun and ammunition you've been wanting to buy, only to find out that the store doesn't have it. Worse yet, the shelves are bare. They're empty. Ugh. Well, that's why there's GunBroker.com. You want it? GunBroker.com's got it. Guns, gun parts, ammo, ammo storage, reloading equipment, binoculars, scopes, sights. Did I mention guns? Pistols, rifles, handguns, shotguns, machine guns, paintball guns, archery supplies, tools, Jewelry, watches, even musical instruments and gear. Yes, gunbroker.com has those too. I'm telling you, they have it all. There are even auctions where you can bid on certain items. The folks at gunbroker.com know their stuff. They've been in business for over 20 years with over 6 million happy registered users. Why not become one of them? Gunbroker.com. Go there. Check it out. Register today. It's 100% free. Gunbroker.com. Gunbroker.com.
7: Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliated with My Patriot Supply. Are you prepared for the next unplanned emergency? As we speak, inflation is rising and the grocery store shelves are stocked less and less every day. The time to prepare is now. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com Visit the store section and click on the My Patriot Supply banner and purchase yourself some buckets of delicious gourmet food with a 25-year shelf life you can also purchase other essential supplies you can use during times of unplanned emergencies supplies such as the alexa pure water filtration system first aid and medical supplies solar power supplies and much more again go to www.outlawradioabs.com visit the store section and click on the my patriot supply banner don't be left in the dark get yourself and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency today And you're listening to
0: Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard New Hampshire's All Right. If you like fighting by scissor fight, of course, they're out of Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire. Yes, I think I said that right. It's spelled spelled out Portsmouth, but it's Portsmouth. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I have uh, two radio personalities uh, joining me, basically from the same area, out of uh, WMNH in Manchester. I have Matt Connerton. How are you doing, brother? Doing well. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And then uh, just about 20 miles from him, I have uh, one of our bearded brothers, even though his beard's much shorter than mine, or Colonel Wyatt's, uh, John Grovener of... uh, WSMN out of uh nashua how's it going out there
8: oh doing well uh thank you for having me on and uh, i i'm working on the beard you know i gotta get that chris wyatt thing going on but before i get to chris wyatt you know i've got to get to Billy painter
2: (laughs) yeah there you go well chris has been growing that beard for two years how long is
9: how long is his beard is it like down
8: like Gandalf?
9: Really? Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah.
8: Got, yeah, I should send you a picture or something sometime and yeah. I have to I have to get your uh, contact information from you.
9: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is as as long as I let mine get. I don't like it when it starts to itch. it drives me nuts so you're in the stubble so. kind. Yeah, yeah.
8: <laughs> hey, at least you got something. Yeah, yeah.
2: There you go. <laughs> All right. So uh uh first off I I just got to ask both of you guys something here of course uh there's a mutual idiot that uh Matt and I deal with uh, quite often you know somebody who claims he he's uh he's on the uh right wing side of politics but acts uh, a little bit too far right if you ask me and has displayed some rather disgusting uh uh ideology but uh him and his buddy they said now and I just got to get both of your opinions on this. They said that I have no right to call myself a patriot because I never served in the military.
9: Yeah, I, I, well, I heard it was Bearded Patriot, I think was, yeah. was what he was saying, right? What was yeah, the term that you have?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, Bearded Patriots is the organization that I started, yeah. of course, that uh, John is also a part of. Yeah, But he, he basically said, I have no right to call, call myself a patriot with, with no military background. Last I checked, you don't have to have served in order to be a patriot.
9: Yeah, well, he, he says a lot of very strange things. He at one point was claiming that he had been in the military, which I had never heard him say prior to that. And I can't imagine the military would take him. Um, and I don't even I don't even say that to be mean or funny to him. I just mean you know, he's clearly mentally ill. Um, but uh I so I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's a strange assertion that he made, but he makes many
2: uh strange assertions.
8: I, I have to I have to apologize. I'm a little on the out of the loop on this one. Who are we talking about? Okay,
2: <laughs> we're talking about uh I'll just say because we're not we're not live on uh w, M, H, but yeah. uh, this gentleman by the name of Crazy Joe out of New York, who he'll he calls himself a patriot, but yet uh, he had no problem calling me an in lover and got himself kicked off of a off of an online platform and uh, basically just says some of the most outlandish things you can imagine
8: well uh, i got I gotta tell you, I think it's kind of idiotic on his part because obviously he doesn't know the true definition of a patriot okay it's It's pretty obvious if you love your country you will willing to stand up for your country. You don't have to serve to be patriotic. You don't have to serve, serve to be a patriot. You serve in many different ways too. You know, it's not it's not a matter of being in the military and hoorah. You know, sometimes you get involved in voting processes. Sometimes you get involved in the political processes. Sometimes you get involved in just a lot um, advocacy and awareness. And you know that's patriotic activity too. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, sometimes you absolutely. like
2: to fly your flag for it too. You know, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
8: You don't have to serve me. I didn't serve. And I'm just as patriotic as the next guy. And believe me when I say it, I'll stand up for this country. I'll die for this country. But it doesn't mean I had to go to a foreign land and kill other people just to show my patriotism. You know what I'm saying? Right.
2: Exactly.
9: I agree 100%. Well, you should hear the things, uh, John. You should hear the things he says about me.
2: Um, (laughs) Well, he's already called me a leftist liberal and all, all this stuff. And I'm a communist. And I... And cl- it's clear in my videos, you know, I, obviously, uh, Matt and I, we've had a little bit of political discussions before, and we we agree on some things, we uh, disagree on some things, you know, and it's, I mean, just, I mean, but even if you're both on, uh, if you're both left or you're both right, I mean, you're still going to, Agree and disagree on some things too. That just comes in naturally, you
8: know. I, yeah. I see what's going on here. I see what's going. on. I see you guys getting some notice, and he wants to get some notice too. So he attacks you guys to get attention on him. So I see this play. I know this game. Oh, 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 oh yeah,
2: John. He's a star. Is it's on the rise, and he's going to take all our <laughs> listeners. Oh, I got you. <laughs> all right, but anyway, moving on <laughs> to uh, the conversation at hand, though, is the uh, New Hampshire preliminary or primaries, I like to say preliminaries, uh, I don't know what, just by habit, I guess, but the primary elections, I think, wrapped up just a few days ago, and you guys are now gearing up for uh, November, but uh, Matt, starting with you, there's one person on the ballot, I mentioned their name on your show, and your tone did not spire very much confidence. And that would be, of course, uh, your Democratic uh, S- Senate. Uh, oh, uh,
9: yes, Maggie, I, I, Maggie Hassan. Yeah, uh, uh, Republicans uh, uh, prefer to pronounce it Hassan, but it, it is Hassan. Um, yeah, Maggie Hassan. Um, I mean, I I do think she's probably pretty safe. I think she'll win re-election. But um, you know, she used to be our governor, and uh, and 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 then uh, was elected to the Senate. Um, I, I have a, so my, my biggest issue with her is, you know, I, um, I'm, I'm an independent, I lean left in a lot of ways, but I'm also very libertarian in a lot of ways and, 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 and conservative too, in some ways, although those, uh, the ways that I'm conservative tend to, be, are not as obvious, but I do have some conservative attitudes too, but, um, But uh, my biggest problem with Maggie Hassan, and Billy, you know this as as someone who's, uh, you know, you've you've heard my show, obviously. I'm very much opposed to the drug war. Uh, Not only do I want to fully legalize cannabis, but I want to end the drug war. Uh, Maggie Hassan is wildly pro-drug war. She loves the drug war. She thinks it's just wonderful to put people in prison for possession and use of cannabis. And there's no talking her out of it um she made that very clear when she was governor of new hampshire she didn't want to hear anything about uh you know i mean we finally the reason we finally even got to decrim in new hampshire decriminalization of cannabis is because um we had enough republicans in our legislature uh republicans uh and democrats voting together to decriminalize it but when maggie hassan was governor she wanted nothing to do with it uh uh john lynch another democrat uh, before her uh, she, you know he, his his wife is a doctor and he wanted nothing to do with even uh, even medical cannabis it's just crazy so so you know and there's other things I could pick on Maggie Hassan about but her position on cannabis is is so uh, indefensible and disgusting to me and it's uh it makes it so much. So I feel so strongly about the issue. It makes it hard for me to even give her credit for some of the things I probably agree with her on many things. I probably agree with her more than I disagree with her as kind of a left-leaning person, but, uh, but she infuriates me on the cannabis issue. Absolutely indefensible.
2: Uh, John, I'll go ahead and have you take, uh, give your take on, uh, miss hassan or hassan however it's pronounced
8: <laughs> she's definitely left left it's, it is hassan in new hampshire uh from my understanding it's a mid-eastern last name so some people would normally probably say hassan yeah Uh we, in new hampshire we pronounce it hassan i think that's because she probably does at any rate uh she definitely votes the way of her party she's mm-hmm. far left-leaning um she tries to play like she's middle of the road. I don't think she's a moderate at all. She's not. Uh, she, you know how it is. Every election period, everybody's a moderate. Everybody's always well. You know, I'm a bipartisan candidate, and I, I, I vote, I vote, uh, uh, with the Republicans too. And they don't, they don't, they just lie. And I, I got a segment now. I'm starting called Hassan Lies because I, I'm for Bulldog and I support Bulldock. And uh, I see her. She's she's misleading the public in her page. She 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 takes a, a soundbite, a typical. Uh, media move really right when you want to run down the opposing party or the opposing candidate and you take a sound bite you blow it out of proportion and you don't give them the full picture you just keep them in that little uh um tiny spot right there to look at and and mm-hmm. so to me that's lies, misleading the public and so uh, she that's what she's doing she's basically trying to lie her way to a win um I wasn't really aware that she was uh, for the drug war so much. And I agree with you there. Uh, she, she probably, uh, Matt, that uh, the drug war has proven not to be effective. In fact, it's probably been counterproductive. And Agreed. as far as marijuana goes, um, I have no problem with the legalization of marijuana. But I would prefer to be on a federal level, not on a state level, because it is a yes. federal law, according to the supremacy clause. Federal law rules. You can't really make it legal until federal does in that regard. Now, the nullification of the gun bill or the uh, the nullif- or the gun bill that nullifies any enforcement of an uh, unconstitutional right in New Hampshire, I approve of because they're recognizing that under supremacy clause, you can't violate the U.S. Constitution. And that's what they've been doing. And uh, so um, I, I think that Don Bulldog does have a chance. However, I think it's going to be a very, very close election because New Hampshire is just about divided evenly. And right now they're in the fight for the race, for the undecided, for the moderates That's yeah. where they're at right now. So, but I think, I think, um, I think Don Bolduc does have a chance, but Matt has a good point. There's, she has a, she has an advantage because
9: she's the incumbent. Oh yeah. yeah. So
8: that's, that's concerning. How do you feel, Matt? Do you want, do you want to see Bolduc win?
9: No, I, I, I don't like either of them particularly. Um, my, the, the Don Bolduc to me, so And by the way, much respect. I mean, you know, I respect anyone who served. uh, So uh, much respect uh, to General Bolduck. And and I would thank him for his service, certainly. And I think I've interviewed him, uh, although I I was talking about it on my show today. And John Hopwood seems to think that uh, I couldn't have chronologically. But I I thought I interviewed him on another show. But um, so Don Bolduck, I I just uh, I don't trust him. Uh, because I, I just, I noticed, and I think a lot of people, uh, are, are probably noticing this too. I'm sure they are that, you know, he was very much, um, an election denier, uh, during the primaries, uh, saying that, you know, the, the Democrats stole the election and so forth. And then once he had clinched the nomination, all of a sudden I see him, uh, doing these media appearances where he's saying things like, well, you know, I, I was uh, skeptical, but uh, I've I've since done the research and I've talked to different people and I now now I realize uh, that Joe Biden is in fact the duly elected president and that the election was legitimate. So and I understand. I mean that's part of how the political game works. Both Democrats and Republicans do it. the messaging during the primaries until, they get the nomination it's, it's different you know in the primaries you really want to appeal to that base and in the general you really want to appeal to a broad uh, uh electorate um but uh i i think it's going so it's it's predictable but i i think it's going to harm him in that i i almost think it would have been better he would have been better off in the general election if he had just said during the primaries no i I think the election was fair because I think it actually does him more harm than good in the general election. It makes him look disingenuous. That's how he looks to me yes, um, I understand that yeah uh, so i, I uh, so I think he I think he may have misplayed his hand I, I
8: I got to agree with you. I was really disappointed that he said it the way he said it. He said it was a legitimate election and and uh, Biden is our president and so on and so forth and, and, but he did go on to say. Was there election fraud? Yes. Do the people of New Hampshire believe there was election fraud involved? Yes. And I find that very concerning. So he did kind of like, he did kind of find a somewhat balance in what he said. And, and of course, because I do favor Bulldog, I'll probably defend him more than the average person. Sure. Will. Sure. But uh, I, I got to tell you, I've seen this before where people said, well, if you do the count, if you look at the numbers, then Biden legitimately won. But if you look at what the cybersecurity or what was it, Cyber Ninja's report said, there were too many anomalies. There were too many things going on. So they basically had the time to fix the numbers, and then they could fix the ballots to match the numbers. And in some in some recounts, they actually have more ballots than what they originally counted for Biden. And you do remember Windsor, New Hampshire, is a no, Windham, New Hampshire, they did a recount. Yeah, and they found yeah. there was issues there too. Not a large, not a large number.
9: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not buying it. I think if the Democrats stole the election, I would think they, they'd do more than I mean that what they they stole the election for Biden, but forgot to steal it for Dan Feltis, who uh, was challenging Chris Sununu. Who, and by the way, I voted for Chris Sununu. I split the ticket. I went for uh, Biden and the, the, for the president and Sununu for governor. Um, Dan Feltus didn't impress me at all. But I, I would think if the Democrats stole the election, it would have been, uh, you know, they would have done something down ballot. So I, I personally, I don't buy there, it. There
8: were so many anomalies. And there was, a, I mean, Biden, first of all, at the beginning of the of the election process. Right. We have we have the best uh, election fraud team going. I'm sorry, but that to me was uh, a, a typical Biden slip up. And I think there was something going on. And then they said, well, no, no, no. What he meant was is in case of fraud or, or, or election stealing, we have a team to look for that to prevent that from happening and then turn around and say, well, there's no election fraud going on. It's like, dude, you had a team, which one is it? So I'm sorry. There's things, there's too many anomalies, too many things saying there was sketchy behavior going on, but let's face it guys. It's not just 2020. We're talking about 2016. I remember Hillary Clinton with Bernie Sanders in the primary of 2016, they were basically stealing it from Bernie. They did. They stole it from Bernie Sanders, literally. Um, and then you'd go back to 20 uh, what was it? 2008 election uh, or no, I'm sorry. What was it? 2000, 2000. The 2000 election, the 2000 election, uh, the um, Democrats swore up and down. There was election fraud. And believe me, I was with them on that one because I thought there was some issues going on because I don't trust electronic voting necessarily. Mm. It's too easy to fix electronics. I, I love technology, but I don't yeah. like how it gets used sometimes. It's getting worse because we're. In what they refer to as a fourth industrial revolution, and that revolution is technology.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, you know. I mean, there's a way to cheat uh, in even on paper. I understand that, but it's a lot easier to cheat with technology. A lot easier. Yes, you so, can. Yeah, I mean, but uh, I think uh, you know, paper count by hand. You know, then again, you know, you got to watch who's counting the vote. But w- one thing I just this is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard, but they said, if, um, if you don't want to go to Dominion Voting, then uh, we're going to try this. Basically, you step into a voting booth that's kind of like a Catholic confessional thing where you're talking to somebody on the other end, telling them who you want to vote for, and they mark it down for you. I haven't
8: heard of this, right? (laughs) I'm not going to trust (laughs) that. I'm not buying that one. They did have some video recordings. I think it was in Pennsylvania where somebody was opening up the mail-in votes and he he had a pen and he was marking down the votes. And it's like, why are you marking on the paper? You're supposed to be sliding into a machine. Why are you marking on it? And uh, they were also keeping people from, um, what do you call them, when they watch the voting process and stuff to make sure things are honest and fair and uh, Hmm. observers. And they were keeping them at such a distance, they couldn't really see anything what was going on. Yeah, so there was a lot of things yeah. that were, were happening that you questioned the election. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're wrong in terms of whether it was fair yeah. or legitimate. It may have
9: been. And, and just because of all these anomalies were suspicious. I, you don't yeah. know, and that I just was- think I just think uh, Democrats would have done a lot better, because if you look at the 2020 election nationally, especially in state legislatures, for example, Republicans actually did pretty well. Um, yeah, you know losing the White House, but overall, Republicans did pretty well compared to Democrats. So uh, personally i'm'm I'm, I'm not buying it. i I'd be more persuaded if it were you know, this grand well, uh, you know, it, like a blue wave you loaded you know I,
8: mean? I had all Democrats in the Senate, all Democrats in the House and a Democrat president. It'd be very obvious, right?
9: Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> so, I mean, if, if it were if it were a sweep, you know, then it's like yeah. mm, okay. Exactly. How did that happened you know but so I'm, I'm skeptical i think
8: i think uh i think too it has to do with favoritism sometimes i question you know how does she does live in a very very liberal area so and i mean it's she's a representative but she oh, goes sure time and time again i'm looking at this going how how does this keep happening you know and <laughs> right. then she gets to be speaker of the house and you hear this you hear the backstories on that too that all the bullying and stuff behind the scenes that go on for that to happen but
2: now uh i definitely got a I've got to ask you guys here. I'm looking at uh, your options for governor. Obviously, Chris Sununu is the uh, incumbent. Uh, this uh, your your Democratic nominee, Tom Sherman. Did he even have any competition? Because I'm not seeing a list. There. No, no,
9: he was unopposed. I I took a. I'm an independent, but you know, and of course, John, you know how it works in New Hampshire. You know, you, you have to you know, put, you know, make yourself whatever you want to make yourself for the, so you can take that ballot in the primary. So, you know, so I'm, I'm currently, uh, and I didn't bother to unregister after. So I took the democratic ballot and and yeah, Tom Sherman was unopposed. Uh, it's probably going to be, um, yeah, so it'll be him versus Sununu and I will probably personally, I'll probably support uh, Sununu again. I think he's, he's the kind of Republican, don't get me wrong, I have problems with him, but he's the kind of Republican that uh, that I tend to prefer, and he is very popular here, as as John knows. I was saying uh, the other day on my show, you know who the most popular politicians in America are? Republican governors in blue states. Not that New Hampshire is a blue state, we're kind of a swing state still, but governors like Sununu or uh, Charlie Baker in Massachusetts or... Or uh, uh, Larry Hogan, or uh, you know these these governors who uh, these Republican governors who are very successful in states where they really have to operate in kind of a bipartisan way. But I'm sure Sununu will win another term. It's not even uh, not even exciting. It's it he'll he'll win. He won by a landslide. Oh yeah, uh,
8: in the primary, and yeah, I said I think you I think he'll take it again. Yeah, he might have a little bit more competition, but yeah, I think he'll take it. Um, Yeah. Right now, too, we've got, we've got a lot of heat going on nationally, you know, with uh, COVID and things going on, the drop of the economy, the rise in inflation. There's so many things that are going on with a lot of Democrats in charge. I'm thinking that a lot of people are seeing this as a negative towards Democrats, and they're leaning towards the right. Now, we've seen this play before, too, right? Every time things go bad, everybody leans right. And things go bad with the right, everybody leans left.
2: Yep. That happened back in uh, 2008. Bush in office and uh Yes, That was a bad recession then, and uh, gas prices uh, up to about $4 more a gallon uh, back then. Mm-hmm. I remember it quite clearly.
9: Yeah, um, I personally, and this is an unpopular opinion, but I think people generally put far too much credit and or blame, depending on what's uh, applicable in the moment on the chief executive when it comes to the economy, so... Uh, you know, gas gets expensive. I don't blame Biden. Gas prices are now falling. I don't credit Biden. Just as an example, you know what I mean? I think uh, I I think there's there's so many uh, different factors, but but people do vote that way. I vividly recall 1992 was the first election I was eligible to vote in, and George H.W. Bush, after the first Gulf War, had a 90 percent approval rating, and all my friends and I were like, he's unbeatable then the economy falls off a cliff and he's out he's gone i mean it 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 really does go that way people people hold the president accountable or or give him credit uh, depending on what's going on well,
8: the president has way more power than what he's supposed to have these days with executive orders and privileges uh through regulatory processes they they basically congress has delegated their power to the president of the united states with the regulatory processes to the point he can influence Um, a lot of people blame Biden because of the shutdown of the pipeline, you know, Mm -hmm. and as soon as that happened, we seen gas prices go up and all of a sudden, you know, Biden's to blame. And he did. And in that regard, he did have a hand.
9: Yeah, he did cancel it. That was one of the first things he did. Yeah. I I think, I think it's a very small. uh, I think, I think it's a small drop in a very big bucket when it comes to that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, that's fair. And, and you do make a good point, John. Yeah. Yeah. Presidents do, I'm not and, and I, I should clarify, I'm not saying the chief executive has has no influence on the economy because you make an excellent point uh, from a regulatory standpoint with executive orders. There is a lot that they can do that that affects it. I just don't think it's nearly on the scale that most people do. But but you make a good point well, about no, because
8: where well, your well, your point is valid is we see this all the time with corporations. They want a bigger uh, uh, bottom line they want a bigger mm-hmm. profit margin and they play these things i mean in 2000 what was it uh, early 2000s with bush we had the uh, um uh oil industry going to congress and complaining and oil rates have got to go up because mm-hmm. we have got to we've got to do more re- uh, drilling we've got to do more research we need new refineries we haven't seen any new refineries or anything but man they were breaking right. about profits weren't they Mm-hmm. The profits were up there, man. They're bragging to their um, uh, uh, stockholders about how much money they were bringing them. We're all going, yep. "Wait a minute! You were screwing us and bragging right. about your profits." Uh huh. So That's yeah, a- you're right. Corporations have a big, big play in this, and sometimes they play the government.
9: I'm glad you mentioned refineries too, because that has a big role in gas prices, and most people don't realize it's it's so much of it has to do with refinery capacity. And and the lack of new refineries, you're absolutely right, and that's that's something most people miss, but it's a huge factor in the price I'm, of gas. I am
8: having a difficult time because we have a lot of oil in our ground. We have a lot of natural resources. We have so much oil we can go on for probably another century.
9: The Dakotas,
2: the Dakotas, uh-huh. right there. I mean, me, I'm kind of split on that myself because I because I am part Native American, you know, and it's like, uh, do I do I really want to see them drill on the native land? It's like. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I kind of side with them on that. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of money to be made. And, uh, you know, there it, it could only uh, work in everybody's benefit if we do drill. Mm-hmm. If you know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. You know, you're right. And the thing about it is with native lands, we we, we screwed the, the
8: natives over so badly through through time, you know, through history. And this could be a benefit to them. If we were to share in the rewards and allow them to enrich themselves with it. And there's so much money in such huge volumes that it's, it's not impossible for them to benefit greatly from it, providing people are willing not to be so greedy and do the right thing. And
9: that's always been an issue within itself in the past. Well, how does that, how does that work? Uh, see, I don't know much about this part of it. How does that work currently? If, or, or is, is there drilling on native lands currently? I'm not sure. I don't, they,
8: uh, they shut down one pipeline because they, uh, they were piping through native land and oh. through the lake remember that yes it, yes natives, yes the the native folks saw uh, they did not like it they did not want it they wanted it stopped but of course that might have a, a lot to do with what i just said about they weren't mm-hmm. being enriched they weren't being shared in the reward they were right. being used and stepped on and they were fed up with it
2: yeah you know, i can't blame you them you never brought you brought up something i never thought of uh, john is that uh, you know yeah share the rewards there and uh you know i think think if we could work work together a lot more on this, you know, it, and uh, especially I think they have more of the mineral rights. So uh, I think uh, if we were to drill there, they're entitled to what I think 50% would be fair. And 50% is still pretty big. Mm-hmm. It
8: probably would. Um, the thing about it is, and you know how, how mineral rights work, you own the land but what might be two miles beneath that ground, they can angle drill <laughs> and take yeah. that right off from underneath you. And we've seen yeah. that before, you know, I mean, I think some uh, Arabic nations or something
9: had some issues with that. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't Saddam Hussein doing that uh, in, in Iraq? He was wasn't doing he doing Iran that to Kuwait? Was it Kuwait? I don't remember, but I
8: remember they were angle drilling and, uh yeah, and uh, yeah, they were dipping into their raw, uh, their raw, uh, pocket of oil and stuff and, and extracting it <laughs> they discovered that was happening like wait a minute well, <laughs> so sketchy <laughs>
10: yeah. oh, wow. so
8: it's um it, it's a it's a difficult process to, to navigate obviously and it would take some kind of paperwork you know involve some agreements and and yeah. uh, contracts and such and you know how that goes absolutely
2: uh, by, by the way matt um it was 92 that was my first uh first year i was at eligible to vote as well. And, uh, no, I, I did not vote for Bush, but I didn't vote for Clinton either. <laughs> you went Perot. I went Perot both years. He ran, even though I knew in, in 96, he didn't have a snowball's chance in hell. Right. Uh, but I, I liked him a lot and, and I voted for him again.
9: I've always said, and I, I, I might've said this to you at one point, Billy, if Perot in 92, if he hadn't gotten all weird and, and gotten out of the race, and then gotten back in, and that whole bizarre thing—if he had just stayed in the whole time—I think funny. he had a shot. I uh, think he I, had a shot
2: already. A, I don't. I don't go by uh, what psychics say very much, to be honest with you. But uh, there was a psychic that said just before he dropped out that he was going to win.
9: No, no kidding. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah,
8: yeah. Uh, they so, trying to make a bold prediction. So if it, if it worked in their favor, you know, look, I, I'm a yeah. Treater. But, uh, <laughs> I, I agree with you guys. I like Perot. He was a feisty guy. He was a smart guy. Yeah. He, he, and I always thought we need a good businessman like him. And that's one of the reasons I don't know how you guys feel about Trump, but I like Trump because he is savvy. He is a businessman. Uh, he understands uh, how money works.
2: Yeah. That's, uh, that's where Matt and I differ. Cause yeah. uh, you know, he, he's, he's not spoke, a Trump fan, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> and,
9: and,
2: and he I knows, get, that, I get, I get he knows that I, I am, uh, that's a funny thing too, though. That's why that that guy, Crazy Joe, you know, he, the way I I kind of get disgusted with him because I feel like people like him make us Trump supporters. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I, I what, man, I've been in
8: Manchester both two times during Trump rallies. Yeah, that guy is like a rock star. He fills the arena, man. He yeah. fills the second time I was down there, right there where the ice rink is. I yeah. was down there, standing right in front of him. It was great. I was talking to some of his, uh, our campaign team and uh, got nowhere we near Don jr. though when he was there, <laughs> they kept, yeah. kept away from him. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. He was walking out. He did an interview up top on the, uh, they had the, the uh, platform. Yeah. They're doing an interview before Trump arrived and such. And uh, when he come out, they kind of created a wall and stuff and they had barriers up where you couldn't get to them. I was hoping to get up to them and get a conversation with them, but it wasn't
4: happening. Build
2: a wall. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, One other thing I want to bring up too is um, understand uh, since you already brought up Trump, uh, there's a, you have a Trump endorsed candidate. uh, What Caroline leave it? What young girl too. She's only 25. Yeah. Yeah.
9: Yeah, I don't know anything what's about the, her to be
8: honest the with the you. White House as a, uh, a on the uh, secret as assistant to the um uh, uh I'm I'm losing it here on the uh who does the uh, the circle back Jen business <laughs> Jen Psaki? <laughs> yeah, what, what was her oh. position? I i uh, lost the uh, title
9: press secretary press secretary. She was assistant press secretary,
8: I think, of the White House during the uh, Trump
9: administration. Yeah. yeah, I just pulled up her website, yeah, Caroline for Congress. Yeah, I really, I, I don't know much about her uh, at all, uh, to be honest with you. Oh. But she's she's so she's so young, I guess, there's not that much to yeah. know yet. I,
8: I was surprised that she won, to be honest with you. I, I'm not against yeah. her. Um, she seems pretty smart. She's very articulate. She should be if she was in, uh, worked in the press secretary's office. But uh, she, um, you know, you had Tim Baxter there. You had uh, uh, Mowers. And uh some
9: people that were more known and such. Yeah, uh, I, I would have thought Matt Mowers, that was kind of who I was guessing. I've met him. I but uh yeah, she's a surprise, yeah. yeah I thought so. So she's yeah. your she's your wild card, and we'll
8: see how yeah. that goes there in the first district. Yeah. Somebody yeah, younger than AOC.
2: <laughs> What's that? I said somebody younger than AOC.
9: Yeah, yeah, AOC's yeah. in her thirties now, right? She's gotta be.
2: Early 30s. Early 30s. Yeah. Early like 30s, 30, yeah. 31 yeah. or 32.
8: But that's what I was concerned about with her is because of her youth. It's not that she's not smart, but she's so young, she might have that. It would be just a little naive going in and be able to be, excuse me, manipulated.
9: New Hampshire is the kind of place, though, and, and John, you, you probably agree, agree on this. New Hampshire, it, you know, if you're young and getting into and, and running for office, New Hampshire is a place to do it, you know, with this enormous legislature that we have. And I mean, I think there's more opportunities here than any other state for uh, really young people to get into politics and actually have a successful run for office. Yeah, we
8: we do have we have good state senators and uh, uh, reps and stuff here in New Hampshire, as long as they're behind her and supporting her. I think, yeah, you got a good point there. Yes,
2: I hate Um, to say this, but uh, we are definitely out of time. That went uh, fast. (laughs) Yeah, these conversations do go fast Uh, before we wrap this up. And if you're listening on the uh, on the podcast, the audio only uh, portion, we're going to hit a music set of otherwise you're watching this on video that means it's the end of the video coming up soon but uh John starting with you uh, go ahead and give yourself a plug of course uh I know you got a long website I saw that but I, I know you're a part of the truckers association plus with our you're you're with us and our bearded brother Colonel Wyatt and the common sense conservatives
8: right yeah so yeah my name's John Grovener I I uh co-host the Common sense and S- Conservatives on WSMN out of Nashua, New Hampshire. I have a website, truckersunitedforfreedom.com uh, in which I, I work in advocacy for truckers and the mm-hmm. trucking industry. Uh, I'm not associated with the American Trucking Association at all. That's a whole different. That's the largest uh, trucking uh, lobby and guys like myself aren't exactly fond of all uh, their, their, uh, their their take on uh, matters within the industry.
2: All right, Matt, go ahead and give yourself a plug. Matt Connerton Unleashed, Monday through Friday.
9: Yes, Monday through Friday, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern uh, at WMNH here in uh, glorious Manchester, New Hampshire, as I like to say. And, uh, of course, you can also go to my website, mattconnerton.com, stream the show from anywhere in the world, uh, and there's the Matt Connerton Unleashed Facebook page where you can find uh, the show as well. So uh, please check it out.
2: Oh yeah, so one thing I should mention th- to and I wasn't sure if uh, John was aware of this too but also uh common sense conservatives archives that have been uh, put up on the uh, Bearded Patriots Rumble channel as well. Oh nice. Yeah, uh, with with the, with the with the top of the hour news segment cut out always put in I always put in a song there so
8: that's the thing to do, yep.
2: All right. Well, I appreciate uh, both of you guys uh, uh, giving me a little bit of your time and uh, giving me, uh, you know, your views and opinions. So uh, this was fun.
9: I I appreciate the invitation, Billy. And uh, John, it's nice to meet you. Same
2: here. It's
9: awesome to meet you,
2: man. All right, man. Yes. Awesome. I don't know who, who knows next John's going to get an invitation to Matt Connerton unleashed.
9: <laughs> hey, it's very, very, very possible right up, right up the road or down the road or
2: I, I assume you're on Facebook or social oh, yeah. somewhere and yeah, I'll look
9: you yep. up. Yeah. Find your... me or I'll find you. We'll,
2: we'll connect. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Uh, it's much appreciated. Thank you very much. Thank all right, you. guys. Thank you. All right, there you have the conversation with Matt Connerton of WMNH in Manchester, New Hampshire, and John Grosvenor of WSMN of Nashua, New Hampshire. Yes, indeed. Good talking to both of them. It's time to go to our first music set. Coming up we got Melissa Lee Zinker, going to be followed by Tom McDonald and Adam Calhoun. Then we got Hydrogen Sundance head. And three left. Be right back after this.
3: This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls.
0: You're listening to Outlaw Radio. And if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth?
3: Stinky Canyon.
5: Stinky Canyon used cars. Hey, get your ass down to Stinky Canyon used cars for the best deals on used wheels. Check out this great deal on a barely used 20th anniversary edition 93 Ford Fiesta Wagon. How much would you pay? $22,000? 14000 How about this fantastic ridiculous I'm going to lose my house selling this car to you today? $49.95! This price can't beat me. Your ass should be in this seat. The financing at bad credit, we know you do. You suck. Hell, look at that T-shirt you're wearing. Here's the king of financing, Vinnie, to tell you all about it.
3: Hey, yo, this is Vinny the King. Just bring some cash with you, you know what I'm saying? And the names and addresses of your loved ones. You'll be driving away one of our luscious automobiles. Don't worry about being lazy on the payments needed. We give you a generous grace period of two whole days before little Vito, he breaks your f***ing legs.
5: Get down here now and out of the stink again. Use car, year in no payments till next year, blowout, factory rebate, Close out low down payment,
10: 0% interest, tow and trade at 15th annual tent event.
6: Maybe at the bottom of a little lake Don't apologize now, it's a little late Wait, can't help it that I deal with this anger Aim it at his head squeeze, that's a no-brainer What you need a spreadsheet for me to explain it? You ain't from here, boy, you don't know the language Let me break it down like a chess game You a pawn, I'm a king, I'm investing All my money and protecting everything I own With a bunch of weapons and bulletproof SUVs I'm a rap guy, pass it on to your friends I'll baptize anyone wanna get it in I'm a warrior to the core, I brought a gun you brought a knife, I brought a sword They broke the mold with me My music streams overseas independently You don't get no views, please don't offend me I did 10 mil in my seats last week Oh rapping, ass rapping get cracked And you're cracking this crack right here Best white boys rapping, I'm a legend Ain't no question, I'm a killer with these words Ain't no extra, this perfection, Step up, get murdered I've been so damn chill
11: The homies been on standby I ain't trying to leave no parties with a black guy Last time shit went down, I swore it was the last time Please don't push me, I don't wanna be a bad guy Bad guy, bad guy Please don't push me, I don't wanna be a bad guy I've been so damn chill, the homies been on standby Please don't push me, I don't wanna be a bad guy rap, devil, rap demon. Wrapped in a barbed wire blanket in a mausoleum. I'ma take a gasoline bath while I'm fire breathing. Kill myself and go to hell to kill the devil. Now we're even. Everybody hating cause I'm great. Fall back. I'll be swinging at your face with a baseball bat. When you face those facts and your brains goes flat, I'll be passing on base with a billboard black. I'm the best out, never stressed out. Never sweat clowns. Flex now with their chest out. I'ma pull the people out the water who confess they regret how they talked about me. I guess I'll let the rest drown. Keep using my name for your traffic. I get it. I'm famous. you basic. I'm classic. You're jealous. You hate it. You're faking. It's tragic. You make me feel angry. She's just watching your panic. I'm a super beast, produce the beast, lose the leash, and everybody become food. I eat, catch a battery charge like you're boosting me. No jumper cables, just boost the teeth like Rap, God, rap, devil, rap, Jesus. Wrapped in a razor blade, chain brain genius. Rap, God, rap, devil, rap, pope, rap, rap in saran, rap, rap, like it's dope. I've been so damn chill, the homies been on standby. I ain't trying to leave no parties with a black guy. Last time shit went down, I swore it was the last time. Please don't push me, I don't wanna be a bad guy. Bad guy, bad guy. Please don't push me, I don't wanna be a bad guy. I've been so damn chill, the homies been on standby. Please don't push me, I don't wanna be a bad guy. You do not want to with me, I'm trying to be cool for the last time. You do not want it with me, only one way it could go You do not want it with me, you'll turn me back into a bad guy You do not want it with me, you do not want it with me I'm a bad guy, bad guy Please don't push me, I don't wanna be a bad guy I've been so damn chill, the homies been on standby Please don't push me, I don't wanna be a bad guy
1: Drunk and hellbound, from the darkest corners of the Midwest.
4: No other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready. Because it's just you, your Hunter Athletic Gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, Hunter Athletic Gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed. Battle after battle, Hunter Athletic Gear is the brand celebrating your victory. Hunter Athletic Gear has a range of great training. Training and fight gear for men and ladies, including compression pants, fight shorts, hoodies, vests, caps, and bikinis. They can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business. Visit their website at hunterathletic.myshopify.com.
3: Gear up and let's train. What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four-hour uninterrupted and uncensored information. Join our CTM family today. Join the movement. Join the fight for freedom and independence. Caravan to Midnight is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Cancel culture has not only affected myself and MyPillow, but also millions of you out there. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you for all your support. At MyPillow, we have hundreds of products now, including my new slippers, bathrobes, sleepwear, and my new beds. We are offering the best products ever for the best prices ever.
0: Mike Lindell is a true patriot who loves America, and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials box and use promo code OUTLAW for all Mike's great discounts. Or call 1-800-652-3982. And remember to
4: use promo code OUTLAW. And now a message for the men. Listen up, guys. Fact. As we men age, our IGF-1 growth factor levels decrease, which can lead to gradual deterioration of energy, muscle growth, and immune function. From Neutronics Labs comes a line of health supplements that make men men again. Deer Antler Velvet. Listen. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet contains the most concentrated source of widely diversified nutrition found in the plant or animal kingdom. Choose from Neutronics Labs Liposome Spray Products. From the Ultra 10,000 Nanograms Package to the Platinum 300,000 Nanograms Package. There are also specially formulated supplements for joint pain relief, more energy, better stamina, better natural sleep, stress relief, and weight loss. For more information about these amazing products, visit Keys2Life.shop. That's K-E-Y-S, the number two, life.shop. IGF One Plus Deer Antler Velvet Supplements from Neutronics Labs. Making men, men again.
1: Yo, baby, you've had your asshole
10: licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Fuck the shit, fuck the fucking
0: shit, fuck shit. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. Fuck the shit, the shit
10: fuck shit. Shit, fuck.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise Your Glass, Take a Shot, You Must Be 21 Years of Age or Older to Drink, Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and Neutronics, IGF-1, Making Men, Men Again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Three Left with Whiskey Mint and Hellbound. Before that, Sundance Head with Kunas. Before that, Hydrogen with You Oughta Know. Yes, that's a cover of Alanis Morissette's... Uh, A hit back in the 90s, yes indeed. Before that, Tom McDonald and Adam Calhoun with Bad Guy. And starting off the whole set, Melissa Lee Zinker with Too Far Gone. All right, in just a little bit, you're going to hear the conversation that I had with Colonel Chris Wyatt uh, making his return uh, from South Africa. Before I get to that... It is time to reveal
10: the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week.
2: And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is right here out of my own state of Idaho. Yes, uh, this is an Asian lady, uh, Hsang Jung Chen. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, but uh, well... She hired someone to kill her husband, so she was looking for an assassin, and it failed, and now she is behind bars. Stupid bitch. Yes, indeed. What a stupid bitch. All right, moving right along, it's time for Outlaw Radio World News with special guest, Colonel Chris Wyatt. Here we go
0: outlaw radio world news
2: all right ladies and gentlemen this edition of outlaw radio world news it is my pleasure to welcome back not only to the show but back to the united states of course uh, colonel chris wyatt how you doing
12: I'm doing fine. I just realized uh, you seem to be wearing a Springboks hat and a Sevens World Cup jersey. Uh, did that come to you already in the mail?
2: It sure did. Thank that you was, so much.
12: That was fast. Apparently, our postal service still works. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes,
2: indeed. Um, yeah, that's. we'll get into that in just a moment here, too. I mean, uh, I don't know. Set The Sevens World Cup, is that uh, just – is that uh, the same springboks we know of that hit the the world cup every 4 years or is it like
12: the uh, no what you're talking about is rugby union with 15 players and the sevens is seven aside it's a faster paced game and instead of 2 40 minute halves you have 2 7 minute halves um it's uh but they they do a world cup every 4 years the last one was in San Francisco in 2018 i went to that this one was in Cape Town South Africa and um the last time new zealand won it the men and women this time it was fiji men and the australian women who won it so yeah it's uh the the sevens team for the spring box they're officially the spring box but they're known as the blitz box as in like blitzkrieg because they're so fast um so they're called the blitz box that's just their nickname
2: okay so But it's not like Bush League or Minor League or anything.
12: No, no. It's a professional sport. Um, There's an annual tournament every year called the – it's sponsored by HSBC Bank, the, the Hong Kong Savings Banking Corporation, which is a British bank. Originally based out of Hong Kong, HSBC, one of the world's largest banks, sponsors this tournament every year. In a normal year, there's 10 tournaments that are around the world and they include Hong Kong, although that has been lost to Liberty. So I don't know if we're going to continue to do it there. But Hong Kong, Dubai, Cape Town, Las Vegas, Vancouver, um, and places like that. But it's been changing the last few years. They switched the cities around. Now they're playing it in Los Angeles, and I no longer go because I, I don't want to dodge over hepatitis laden, homeless people to get to a tournament. So I don't go to Los Angeles. But um I did go to London. In May, which was a tournament, uh, one of the last tournaments. The last one was in Los Angeles, and um, the tournament. The what you do is you get points for each wherever you place in each round. And then at the end of the season, whoever's the most points uh, is the champion, so to speak, by winning tournaments or coming in first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and so on. So South Africa had won the previous two years, which were both shortened by COVID. Uh, But uh, this year, South Africa had the lead going into Los Angeles. And all they had to do was finish in fifth place. And they would have won the tournament for a third year in a row. They finished ninth. And so they lost it by three points to Australia. The Australian men won it for the first time ever. But the USA men were the top team just a couple of years ago before the pandemic. The USA men back in 2019... Two-time World Rugby Player of the Year for Sevens, Perry Baker, led them to a semifinal finish in all 10 tournaments. No one had ever done that before and no one has done it since, but they came in second to Fiji, who beat them by, uh, I think, four points at the end of the season. So, yeah, that's the Sevens. The jersey you have will be a kind of a collector's item here soon. There were no regular Springboks jerseys available in Cape Town anywhere. Um, I couldn't find them in any stores, so I got you that one, which um, looks like it fits okay.
2: Yes, yes, I did. I did notice, too, it's a – It's a double X large, too, which obviously their sizes are a little bit different because my T-shirt's normally a one X.
12: Yeah, I know. I'm wearing a double X, too, in order so that it's not skin tight and I don't look like a gay pole dancer, but uh, I'm not a big guy. (laughs) So yeah, so I figured the double X would work for you, and it looks like it's fine.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes, indeed. So uh, most of our talk's going to be about uh, your time in South Africa, some current events going on. I mean, some interesting events going on around uh, Port Elizabeth, um, but uh, first off, we're going to start off stateside. Um, McHenry, North Dakota, something really bad happened. Um, a gentleman here, I hang on, I got to pull up the uh, article so I can tell you exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I did a video on this, so I should know the guy's name by, by heart, but I haven't. Uh, I think... It's uh, Kaler Ellingson. He's an 18-year-old. He was an 18-year-old conservative Republican with uh, conservative values. Got in an argument with a 41-year-old Joe Biden liberal supporter who was drunk. And uh, out of fear for his life, he decided to get in his car and run this young man over and kill him.
12: Yeah. Okay. I did see that story. That's uh, yeah. So we've confirmed that in fact that's what happened. I've been having a very difficult time finding the facts. I understand that, that, that the most recent report I found it didn't confirm where the kid was conservative, and just that this guy turned himself in eventually after uh, after he murdered the child, um, and the kid tried to call his mom for help, and then this guy ran him down vehicular you homicide.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you know we got all these uh, we got these shootings going on, which are unfortunate. You know we got Yavada, Texas we got uh, of course buffalo new york and a few other incidents uh, of that horrific nature i understand but uh you know the these uh gun control crazed lunatics it's like oh we need to ban guns we need to get rid of ar15s we need to we need to do this we need to we need to tighten down the regulations on that how about uh Would you agree to tighten down regulations on who gets a driver's license?
12: uh, Yeah, no, this isn't the first time we've seen this horrific sort of thing happen in Paris where pedestrians have been gunned down in Berlin, where people were gunned down during Christmas Fest and in Nuremberg. We've also seen it uh, outside of Big Ben in London where dozens of people were murdered by this homicidal terrorist. You know, and it's not just that. Look at what Canada is doing right now in Saskatchewan, that 11 people killed on the James Cree Nation reservation, stabbed to death. You know, this is utter nonsense. And the reason people get stabbed to death is because they're disarmed. They have no weapons to defend them. Themselves uh, When these lunatics come after them with automobiles or with knives or cleavers or anything else like that, this this, this disarming movement is idiotic. We've seen what happened. The, the, the beauty of our Constitution and our framers and the founding fathers of the United States is that they realized that the single greatest threat to liberty wasn't a foreign invader, but our own government itself, because they had been the victim of a predatory government under King George, and they knew what it was like to be oppressed from a government from afar. Hence, the reason for the Second Amendment, the the reason for Americans to be armed. And by the way, according to a recent survey, Billy, there are 415 million firearms lawfully in the hands of American citizens. And just for the people on the dystopian view, Joyless Behar and his other "Well, how am I going to say this without offending people? These demented lunatics, I'll just say it that way. I remember them saying, well, wait till black folks get guns. And as I pointed out, and I was correct, 25% of black Americans are lawful firearm owners. Only 34% of white Americans are lawful firearm owners and 28 percent of hispanics 19 percent of asians so basically about one in four americans is armed with a firearm legally for 415 million firearms that works out to about 1.25 firearms lawfully not illegal ones here in the united states so good luck disarming us there have fun storming a castle boys (laughs) yeah i agree
2: i agree and, uh, yeah, I mean, this is at, at least the second time I've heard of somebody using their vehicle in the past two years as, as a weapon like that, that, uh, that asshole up in, uh, wisconsin who decided to plow his vehicle into a bunch of people
12: funny how that racist story is not getting any press coverage of what happened up there in waukesha wisconsin not a single word about the lives shattered and destroyed by a racist and avowed black supremacist not a single word about that but my goodness you take one deranged sexually dysfunctional lunatic who attacks massage parlors in which he kills two whites and he kills four asians and it's an asian hate crime remember that in atlanta
2: yeah, I remember that, and uh, also to note, too, I mean, uh, looking at the footage of what Kyle Rittenhouse had to go through, it was obvious self-defense. However, his bail is set at $2 million. This son of a bitch. Up-
12: $50,000, I saw it.
2: Yeah, this, yeah, his name was Shannon Brandt, $50,000 bond, and he is out.
12: Oh, he's out on bail. Yeah, they, yeah after yeah. murdering this this child in cold blood with a motor vehicle and what i read too is that apparently with the current charges that then of course the, the the highway patrol say they're investigating further but the current charges mean you can only get a maximum of 20 years for stealing a life that's ludicrous
2: yes yes it's i mean let me tell you real quick chris um i'm sorry colonel i, I prefer to address you as colonel but um you know, I when I lived in Northeast Ohio, um, and I worked in that factory, I worked with a lot of felons,
12: hmm. a lot of some of them, uh, sex. Offenders. So, so you, you have a lot of experience with members of Congress. I didn't realize that,
2: <laughs>
12: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, I worked, uh, there were sex offenders in there, of course, uh, assaults. This one kid that I worked with was a real nice kid, told me he had spent uh, the last 17 years of his life in uh, Lebanon Maximum Security Prison, which is one of the worst uh, prisons and the scariest prisons in that area. And I, out of respect, I when somebody tells me uh, they spent done some time, I never asked them uh, what they were in for. Hmm. And uh, then, of course, uh, later that day, there was, um, or later that week, I should say, there was a tornado that had run through that at, that area, and I got on the internet, it was a minor tornado, didn't do any damage, but um, I got on the internet, because I wanted to know the part of Ohio I was in, um, what kind of history it has with tornadoes, and this had nothing to do with tornadoes, but all of a sudden, this kid that I worked with, his uh, mugshot shows up across my screen, and I'm like, okay, I know he did some time, and then I see he, he did time for murder, Mm. and um i'm like wow i'm not you know he's treated me with respect i'm not going to pass any judgment you know and come to find out you know he had uh he was just hit, uh badly abused by his father to the point where he couldn't take it anymore And w- one day he waited for his father to come home and hid behind somewhere hit him over the head with a hammer and uh buried him in the backyard That's uh you know and and a. Uh, you know, obviously he's much older now and, uh, yes, he got 17 years before he was eligible for parole. However, I mean, uh, you know, he, I'm not going to say what he did was right, but, uh, probably if he, if he didn't kill his dad, his dad probably was going to kill him. It was, he was that abusive.
12: Yeah. And you're by comparison, this clown intentionally ran down an 18-year-old with his vehicle to kill him and did kill him, and he's out on bail for fifty thousand dollars, which meant he had to post five thousand dollars cash. Yeah. That's a joke.
2: Yeah. It's a sick joke. It is, it is. But um, you know, it's all over it's all over social media that uh war has been declared on the MAGA Republican after seeing Biden
12: in that uh darth vader video god (laughs) yeah that severe abuse of civil military relations the criminal misuse of marines in uniform for his political hate speech um he is uh should be impeached for that alone never mind all his other crimes
2: yes yes but uh you know uh to the the family of uh kayler ellingson our prayers are with you i mean like I said in my previous video, is I just cannot imagine uh, what what you're going through right now and w- what you must be feeling, knowing that this son of a bitch is out on bail when he blatantly first degree murdered your son.
12: Yeah, he hunted him down. That's what he did. Chased him with an automobile. There was time to make another decision. He made a positive, premeditated step of entering his vehicle turning the ignition on engaging it in drive and then running down this kid and a kid had time to call when he's being chased. So obviously this chase occurred more than just one or two seconds long. So this is the most heinous and callous of crimes and deserves the death penalty. Um, it's a shame. We don't torture people like this, but it's probably good. We don't.
2: Oh my God. I, <laughs> I didn't know you think alike like, uh, like I do, because I've always said, you know, you take, a, you take a pedophile and, uh, you know, you put him in the Iron Maiden in front for everybody to see or, or you know, go old school.
12: Well, pedophiles are one thing. Those are people who have some serious mental illnesses and um, uh, not that I have compassion for them, but I certainly uh, understand there's a, there's something else going on there. But this is a a rational person, uh, presumably, who had uh, the wherewithal to make a decision not to do this. There was no compulsion to do this. There was no mental illness that caused this this heinous crime. This is a heinous crime that was taken with malice, with intent, and done with lots of time playing out here, lots of chances not to pull the trigger, so to speak, here. And he still pulled the trigger and ran this kid over. Um, that sort of rage um, is is really uh, something that seems to be endemic on people on the far political left. These are the same people that in Chicago in 2016 assaulted those who went to the Donald Trump rally in Chicago. And then the media lied and said that MAGA supporters were attacking, um, you know, bystanders when actually the video showed that the people leaving the rally, the ones being assaulted, kicked, hit with sticks, rocks thrown at them by these leftists from Antifa and other groups out there. It's, uh, It's really an upside down world right now. We have an assault on liberty and it's coming from the very institution that our founding fathers warned us about our own government. The misuse of the Federal Bureau of Incompetence, the misuse of the Department of Justice, or as I prefer to call them, the Department of Injustice, the abuse that's happening, uh, misusing the courts have been going on for years. And as the courts have righted the balance with eliminating unconstitutional judgments and decisions like Roe versus Wade, the left is only up the ante. They're actively hunting down conservatives and anybody who's ever voiced any support. Just this week, uh, people uh, assailed me saying, well, well, uh, Doug Mastriano, he's a, he's a traitor to America. I said, what are you talking about? The man is a retired Army colonel. He's a sitting senator for Pennsylvania, and he's a candidate for governor. And uh, he was an intelligence officer subjected to the most serious of background checks. What are you talking about? Well, there's a picture of him wearing a Confederate uniform. Okay. What's okay. the circumstance what's the circumstances? Was it a reenactment? It's not like he was a blackface like Jussie Trudeau there. Um so you know, it's just this nonsense. This this is by his his opponent smearing, looking for this stuff, trying to find anything he can find to discredit um Doug Mastrano because Josh Shapiro is a criminal. He is criminally negligent and criminally liable for the illicit unconstitutional lockdown that occurred in Pennsylvania because he was part and parcel of it. He's also part of the theft of the Pennsylvania election in 2020. Um, He is part of encouraging fraud in the state by violating Act 77, the 2019 or the 19 October 2019 Legislation signed by Governor Tom Wolf, in which the uh, fraudulent mail in balloting process was allowed, but they announced 10 months later they we're going to violate it. And he was part and parcel of not enforcing the law, allowing drop boxes to be shown everywhere, people dropping off ballots. And we've seen now in the primary this year, we have prima facie evidence, which was buried before by the left, the prima facie evidence of people dropping off multiple mail in ballots, which is a crime in Pennsylvania, at the drop boxes in Chester County, Pennsylvania, which, of course, is a suburb of Philadelphia, where in Major major ballot stuffing operation takes place, and we have the evidence of it now. Yet no media, other than the Epic Times, are reporting on this heinous crime that's happening in our country. It's just—it's really sick. The left is demented, and they must be stopped at all legal, legitimate cost.
2: Yes, yes, I I agree one hundred percent. May May I add too before we uh, move on uh, to the next subject is um, uh, the murderer of uh, Kaylor Ellingson, uh, Shannon Brent. Um, I've heard this excuse before. Now, uh, I'm trying not to drag this out too long, but uh, in 1998, a good friend of mine, she was murdered, throat slit in front of her son. And uh, of course, the poor kid is left in the house with his mother's corpse for about 12 13 hours before somebody came around the guy that did it um will be got 30 years and um because he was on meth when he did it so he didn't know what he was doing i'm well, sorry
12: did, did someone tie him down and and force the meth into his system or was it a voluntary action on his part case closed death sentence yeah,
2: yeah. Exactly so or Shannon, life
12: imprisonment without parole take your pick
2: Shannon Brandt drunk when he did what he did don't how the fuck is that an excuse?
12: It's not an excuse. That was a, an action he took on his own. Unacceptable. Uh, so he's driving under the influence. He, he committed vehicular homicide. It was first degree murder because there was intent. And uh, yeah, so I mean, the list of charges here, if they do not go through these things and find this man guilty and lock him away for life or sentence him to death is just repulsive. The fact that anybody who takes a person's life gets out of jail ever ever again is unacceptable in any place in the United Kingdom. When you're sentenced to life, it's really a 20 year sentence. And they commute the sentence after it's eight to 11 years for most murderers. It's, it's sick. It's twisted. So there's no deterrence to taking a life. It's absolutely sickening. And uh, it's, you know, if you've taken someone's life, if it's an accident, Vehicular, vehicular manslaughter or something like that. That's a different story. You know, if you, if you if you lost control of your vehicle on the black ice and you killed someone, uh, there should be some penalty for it, but that was not an intentional murder. You didn't mean to take someone's life. But when you intentionally eliminate a life, that is not, especially a child, you know, That is that is not tolerable. And the fact that the criminal justice system gives excuses and accepts that just shows you how far our society and our civilization has fallen.
2: Uh, one more note to add, too. This didn't happen in California or New York or Minnesota or any blue state. This happened in North Dakota, a very red state. Yep.
12: And they, yep. And,
2: and they're still letting the son of a bitch out. Anyway, time to move on.
12: Yeah. Sad story.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, you spent uh, just for roughly about a month in South Africa. Uh, We understand uh, finally Port Elizabeth is finally cleaning some house and getting rid of the ANC.
12: Well, it's interesting you should mention that because I was in Port Elizabeth, Nelson Manila Bay municipality on the 8th of September, and there was supposed to be a vote of no confidence that day, but um, a couple of people didn't show up, and so the vote was postponed, and it actually took place last night. The Afghan Christian Democratic Party called for a vote of no, motion of no confidence against the sitting uh, government led by a minority coalition of the Afghan National Congress with Eugene Johnson as the mayor. That's a woman, by the way, Eugene. Uh, they um, were successful, 62 to 58. There's 120 members on the council. The vote was 62 to 58. It's a parliamentary process like you have in the United Kingdom or Germany, not like we have in America here. So the city government can change at any time if people simply vote against the people in power. And that's what happened. So that government fell. They- Wanted to take another vote, but then the African National Congress stole the ballot box. I have the video. They actually stole the ballot box and tried to run out of the hall with the votes to prevent the government from changing. It's 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 juvenile and ridiculous, to say the least. But the bottom line is that the, the, the event went into past two o'clock in the morning in council that um, with delays and attempts to violate parliamentary procedure over and over again by the economic freedom fighters by the Afghan national congress repeatedly bringing up the same point which had already been closed by the speaker and fully addressed eventually uh, a new mayor retief odendahl from the democratic alliance was nominated by a smaller party the acdp the african christian democratic party a vote was held and it was 59 to 58 and so they by one vote uh, with uh, at least three abstentions or absences. The new mayor is from the Democratic Alliance. Now we believe that that coalition has sixty-two votes, even though three people didn't vote for for Odendal. But um, he is now the mayor, and and they began today uh, eliminating the uh, corrupt bureaucrats that they can and political appointees who have been stealing from the city. And we'll see what happens. Um, we've had a coalition in this uh, in this municipality previously, and it failed. Uh, to hold together because of egotistical politicians and criminals who were part of the coalition. And so it fell apart and the ANC was able to take control of it. In this last election, the Democratic Alliance, the largest official opposition party, failed miserably. They lost 37% of their voters compared to the last municipal elections in 2016. And in this municipality, Nelson Mandela Bay, out of 120 councillors, they had won 57 last time. So just four short of a outright majority this time they got only 48 so they desperately needed coalition partners and for now they've pulled it off and we'll see what happens going forward but for the moment there is potentially some good news for the residents of nelson mandela bay
2: yes yes so you know now hopefully uh johannesburg pretoria cape town durban and the rest of them can maybe have a look at this and uh, you know maybe follow some suit
12: well, Johannesburg and Pretoria both are under coalition governments led by the Democratic Alliance at the moment. Of course, uh, Pretoria is known as Schwane. That's a municipality, uh, the name replaced for Pretoria. Pretoria is just a part of the city now. And then also Acre Halini, which is directly adjacent to that, which is where most people first come into South Africa at OR Tambo International Airport. That's Acre That's also a Democratic Alliance minority coalition government. So all three of those major municipalities in the most populous and wealthiest provinces south africa are under coalition opposition coalition governance but um they're fractious we've already seen efforts to unseat the mayor in both pretoria schwane and in johannesburg it's it's a real mess um it's not an ideal situation Uh, you need an outright majority um and i'll tell you how important every vote is i interviewed chris pappas who's a young mayor of uh uh, municipality pouty which includes um howick in quasi natal his democratic alliance party in large measure based on his personal efforts going out, meeting people because he speaks Zulu and most of the folks around there speak either Afrikaans, English or Zulu. He speaks them all. And uh, his personal intervention, campaigning on the trail, meeting people in villages, meeting people in the town, meeting people in the informal settlements, his party won an outright majority by 42 votes. And they went to retirement homes and got people to vote. And if they had missed, say, 21 elderly women in a retirement home, They would not have a majority and the city would be in the same throes of corruption that it's been in for 28 years. So, folks, every vote matters. Every vote matters. And if you don't believe that's true, Uncle Fester, also known as John Fetterman, our candidate here running against our little Turkish soldier Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania, won the mayorship of Braddock, Pennsylvania by one vote in the Democratic primary when he became mayor. And of course, there's no Republican run against him. So he became the mayor of Braddock and that's his claim to fame. And with that, he was lifted on the coattails of Tom Wolf to become lieutenant governor. And now Uncle Fester is now running for the Senate against our little Turkish wonder, Mehmet Oz. And that's that's one vote, folks. Every vote matters. Get off your butt, register and go out and vote and make sure you vote for conservatives because the rest of these people want to destroy this nation.
2: Is that guy is he bald with a light bulb in his mouth
12: <laughs> yes that's him uncle fester that's john fetterman i call him uncle fester <laughs> yes
2: oh man and while you were there too and you talked about this a couple of times in your videos uh incident of a black farmer getting attacked a white farmer comes to his aid and gets get unfortunately uh, gets himself killed but yet uh well, you're the only one really reporting on it.
12: Yeah, actually, what happened is I went to Zayrust, which is in the northwest province, not far from the border of Botswana, um, a town I used to drive through frequently when I lived in Habaroni in neighboring Botswana. Zayrust, I met with a forum for Democrats, a, well, at this moment, all black party, because that's who they, they, they raised their party around local Swana speakers. And they stood for the election. They were cheated out of a seat by the Independent Electoral Commission. They appealed the commission, ignored them in violation of South African law. I found out about it through a series of interviews with other folks, and I got attorneys and a civil rights group in South Africa interested, and they pursued it, and it took six months, but they now have a seat on the council that they legitimately earned in the election, and the economic freedom fighters who were illegitimately given that seat had been removed from the council. So that's why I went to Zara. On my way up there, I was asked if I'd be willing to speak to farmers, and I said happily. I used to be a dairy farmer when I was in high school, and I loved to talk to farmers, it's a good, uh, solid uh, group of people. So I went there. They didn't tell me the topic. They actually didn't tell me where to go. I guessed where to go. It turned out to be the right place, the the cattle auction site. That seemed like the only place to go, and it was the right place. Uh, and then I got there, and I said, we want you to talk about farm security. I'm like, okay, a little notice would have been nice. But what happened is I spoke to a group of about 200, 220 uh, farmers from the Marico area, which is that area around Northwest. And um, I told them who I was, so they had an appreciation for why I'm there and what I might know or not know. And then I I talked a little bit about security in South Africa, and I started answering the questions. They had a lot of questions. And uh, afterwards, we had what's, of course, for those who don't speak off our cons, a braai. That's not really a barbecue, but like a barbecue. It's similar a social gathering, but people use wood, not coal or gas. And uh, and you cook a lot of meat, and that's really what it's about. So afterwards at the braai, I gathered around, spoke to several groups of farmers Gave uh, some more pointed advice about how to protect themselves. Things they need to do: treating it like it's a military operation, doing rehearsals. You know, pretending. You know, doing a fake attack against a farm to rehearse it. What you'd actually do, so you're not just going into it cold in the middle of the night when someone's attacked. Well, about three nights after I left there, unfortunately, Peter van de apparently he's a former police officer. I was unaware of that. And apparently he's one of the gentlemen that I met, a farmer I met that night. Uh, I don't recall him, but I apparently I spoke to him is what I was told. But Peter van de was out on community patrol at night because they patrol to make sure they can respond to any farm attacks. There was a farm attack and he responded to it. They drove past the vehicle or it drove past them that was... um excuse me, it was stopped. They drove past the vehicle, which turned out to be the attackers after they left the farm and they turned around and went towards it and they opened fire and, uh, you know, uh, just a uh, really bad luck. The shot um, got through the vehicle and hit him. Uh, I don't know if it hit him in the femoral artery, but he had massive loss of blood. So my guess when he got hit in a femoral artery or something like that, and he died from loss of blood, despite the efforts of gallant efforts of first responders and the hospital to save his life. Uh, Peter van de Westhuisen, um that story was briefly reported in South African press that another farmer had been murdered. What the South African press neglected to tell anybody, because it doesn't fit the political narrative, is that Peter van de Westhuisen and that Farm Patrol were responding to an attack against Daniel Salike's farm. Now, I know a lot of people may not be familiar with South Africa, but Salike is not exactly a European surname. It's a surname of a black South African commercial farmer. His farm was attacked and the white farmers responded to protect him, not because he was black, but because he was a farmer and he was a member of their community. Peter von der Westwesen gave his life defending Daniel Salike, a black farmer, and not a single media outlet in South Africa told anyone that fact because they prefer to run the narrative that black and white South Africans hate each other and the whites are racist and they're colonialist and they've stolen all the land, when in reality, that's simply fiction. There's fiction there. So Peter von der is no longer with us. Um, he died in his forties responding to the farm attack against a black farmer in Northwest. And just on Wednesday, another farmer in the Northwest named Fento was a year old, stabbed to death multiple times in his house. Now, when they broke in his home, they took uh, his workers and tied, caught one of them, tied him up, caught the other one, and tied him up. Both the workers are black. And then they stabbed him to death. Now I ask you, um, Why didn't they kill the black workers, too, who could identify them? I'm not saying they're complicit. What I'm saying is that this is a racially motivated murder, and that's the bottom line. There's no reason to kill a 69-year-old man unless your attempt is to exterminate white farmers, which is part of what's going on in South Africa by syndicates.
2: Well, you know that uh, this whole narrative, as you know, I mean, we got I wonder how much of the globe it's uh, covering, you know, that... uh, basically uh you know trying to get set everybody off against each other see uh what a, one thing i have not told you colonel is um you know obvious i don't know if you heard the name claude dallas or not
12: no not familiar with it
2: okay so claude dallas was um he was a man basically uh, born 100 years too late and uh you know he basically wanted to live as a mountain man and uh want you know, live off the land and hunt and fish. And he was a trapper. And, of course, uh, word got to the fishing game that, and this happened here in Idaho, by the way, word got to the fishing game that he had been poaching. Well, two, two game wardens went to pay him a visit. One of the game wardens, of course, has bad reputation of uh, displaying his authority and muscle. Uh, i know this because my family know my family knows his family so uh once the game wardens came came close to his his camp uh without a warrant which i d- honestly don't think they needed a warrant to uh search uh for uh evidence of poaching however um it came they basically uh Came down, Claude Dallas had a 357 on his hip, uh, under his coat, Drawed on them and fired claim that, uh, one of the game wardens, uh, Bill Pogue, who's the one who's uh, known to be a bully had drawn on him first and claimed it was self-defense and he got charged with manslaughter. But, uh, they're planning on making a movie about that situation. And I actually was going to audition for the role of Claude Dallas because, uh, you know, I look a little bit like him and I understand the story. Well, I kind of looked over the script. I said, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I don't want to do it. But one of the game wardens, they, they want a black person to cast the role of one of the game wardens that was killed, even though every party in the situation was white. So, you know, what they're doing, I, I'm afraid by taking that situation and wanting to make it about race when it was never about race to begin with. So you got the younger generation going to see this, you know, and since Claude Dallas is now, he's served his time and he's out now. They're going to look at him. Oh, he's a racist who killed a black man
12: yeah no this is what's going on in hollywood and in the advertising centers of america 85 percent of the people appear in the commercials on television where i'm at are black or mixed race. uh fully one or twenty percent of them are homosexuals um homosexual couples are a good five or ten percent white women make up about five percent of the ads and white males only appear in erectile dysfunction and medical <laughs> misfunctions ads um or they're just in the background they're not they're not the key part of the ads it's a disgrace um Listen, you know, uh, for years I've had to listen to the nonsense about how people are not represented, but the reality is Black Americans represent 13% of the population. It's a declining percentage of the population because of unconstrained, illegal, criminal, alien invasion of our borders. So Black Americans are shrinking as a percentage of the population. Uh, also, no no small amount to the fact that 300,000 Black babies are aborted each and every year by Black and white mothers. But the reality here is that um, this is a disgrace. Um, they have marginalized white males who represent 38% of America's population, but we are to be nowhere to be found. Uh, and first off, what you may be right that it may be an effort to turn this into a racial issue, but also it's. You know, the phrase they like to use all the time, these leftists, and when I say they, I'm talking about leftists, not black Americans. Most black Americans aren't as stupid as this. It's just the leftist. Uh, so they like to say cultural appropriation. Well, here's a flash for you. There were no black people in the forest of the black forest when the Grimm brothers collected the fairy tales, including Cinderella. So Moesha cannot be Cinderella. That's cultural appropriation. As far as women having braids, um, Heidi had braids hundreds of years ago, and Vikings have had braids for thousands of years. So when black folks braid their hair, that's cultural appropriation. Yet I've been told that white women doing is cultural preparation of black. This is asinine, stupid stuff. First off, imitation is the greatest form of flattery and people need to get beyond themselves. But this, this intentional, um, elimination of white males from public view is a disgrace when we represent 38 percent of the population and it is a distortion of what's going on out there as a consequence we have all sorts of situations in which children are growing up with a distorted view let me give you an example billy we might have talked about this before i don't know if we have but when i first started teaching at the war college uh, back in 2015 after i returned from ethiopia this was the time of uh, all the fairy tale nonsense of hands up um you know ferguson missouri that was a lie um, freddie gray that was a lie Trayvon martin they were all lies you know george zimmerman White man, uh, dude, he's Hispanic. Um, yeah, he may be white Hispanic, but he's Hispanic. Get your facts right. But all this nonsense, this intentional racial division of America by Barack Hussein Obama and his feral administration. I came back and um, I would go to eat lunch because I was just getting adjusted to my office and 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 learning the research stuff there and preparing my my um, syllabi for the coming year, which started in a couple months. And that summer, we have um, we have interns that come from all the top schools around the country, particularly in the East Coast. They'll come to the war college because they want to put it on their CV to say, "Hey, I was an intern for Professor So and So," and so they work for a lot of our civilian professors. Anyway, I would I'd be at lunch and I'd just eating something, reading a newspaper magazine, and I'd hear them talking, and they're talking about all these issues about racism, American, and 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 so I started doing informal surveys, and I did this over the course of three summers, and I'd say, "Well, you guys talk as if you know um, this is a major issue. How much of America do you think is actually black or African American?" (laughs) Now these are Billy students who go to Yale and to Princeton and to Columbia and, you know, and place Bucknell places like that. And, Many of them said 45% of Americans are black. Others said 35, 30. Uh, Only on about um, 10% of the cases of talking to these interns, did I ever get anyone remotely close to the answer of 13%. Um, This is how uninformed Americans are about their own society, because it's 24 hours a day as if America is a black country. Now, Americans who are black are Americans, and they are part and parcel of this country. They've contributed to this country from the very beginning, either as free men and women or as slaves uh, those who are here enslaved. They have been a long part of our history. Thankfully for them, we have amazing things like jazz music and we have fantastic parts of our culture that are part of America because of their contributions and they've integrated and mixed with many Americans, either willingly or otherwise. The point of the story here is that um, when you distort what's actually happening, you get people who don't even understand their own country. I mean, it's like, you know, when you go out and you say, Well, um, did you know that um that um so-and-so said this and uh and they said that's terrible that's why i think donald trump's a racist well actually joe biden said that and then people just gobsmacked because they know nothing about what's going on this is really disturbing situation when you have undergraduates and postgraduate students from ivy league schools who don't even know the percentage of our population that's Asian, Hispanic, white, and black. And that's why we have this situation here now. Uh, That's the flavor of the day now. Remember about 10 or 15 years ago, it was all Hispanic and Ricky Martin, everything, every commercial was suddenly Hispanic. And then that faded away. Well, this isn't going away. 85% of the people appear in my commercials in a location where 96% of the population is white are black or mixed raced. Now, I don't have a problem with black and mixed race folks being commercials, but let me tell you something. I've been hiking in the Rockies and I haven't seen too many black folks out there hiking. It's mostly been white folks out there around me, and I've only seen one or two black folks with a GMC pickup truck in my entire life. Yet every freaking ad is someone who's black and all, you know, Asian Americans out, you know, in the Sierra Nevada. Give me a freaking break. Uh this is nonsense and it's a distortion of the reality of this country and it's just it's 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 wrong. It's wrong.
2: Well, uh, we got to wrap up here soon cause we're running out of time, but, uh, I, d- I'm going to briefly say, you know, as far as going back to the Claude Dallas movie that they want to make, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, the little, the remake of the little mermaid, I honestly don't care. And I don't have a problem with that. A black doctor who I don't care. And I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but in this situation, uh, where, Uh, Claude Dallas killed two game wardens, and uh, you want to make one of them black when they were both white. Number one, you're showing disrespect to the family of the victim and and basically pouring salt in the wound. Number two, this is a serious situation. You know, you got to tell the story as it is and not make it into something else.
12: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you know, we get a distortion. So, I mean, very quickly about that, you know, uh, we had the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League during the uh, Second World War because men were away. There were no black women in that. And they made a 1992 movie with um, the likes of Rosie O'Donnell, Madonna, oh, gosh, called A League of Their Own. Uh, now there's a comedy series and um, many of the players are black women that's cultural appropriation, that's fraud, and that's a distortion of history. That is not. Now, uh, there were no black women because of racial discrimination. Let's just be honest about it. Don't rewrite history and then call people a systemically racist society when you're actually lying about our history because people will go, wait a second, if there are black women playing professional baseball in the 1940s, how can you be a racist society? Well, there weren't black women. It was a racist society and stop it. This is cultural appropriation. And 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 what you're talking about is, is, is when you change things, you know, Hamilton was not a black gay man, by the way alexander hamilton he was far from it he was from the caribbean and came to america and he was a white american uh it's it's just you know it's it needs to stop um it's if if the shoe was in the other foot if i was if i was cast in the role of kunta kinte for a remake of roots people would lose their minds absolutely that's racism how, how could you culture appropriate okay. kunta kinte you can't have a white man playing dr martin luther king you can't have a white man playing gandhi why not You have black men now. And you mentioned Doctor Who being a that's a fictional character. Fine, whatever. You know, but um, when I talk about Cinderella, that's that's a cultural appropriation. That's culture that comes from Germanic forced, And that is a German cultural tradition. There were no black folks then. So, you know, that's not quite the same as changing Doctor Who, a contemporary character in a fictional situation. But whatever. Welcome to the real world, I guess.
2: (laughs) Oh, God. Can you imagine if John Candy was still alive and they cast him for the role of Fat Albert? How? they oh my god you imagine people
12: people would lose their minds but you know it would just be a matter of time before we see someone cast abraham lincoln as a black man we've already been told he's black by people who lie about history anyway not that it really matters but anyway
2: all right but uh, we are out of time but uh, briefly uh before we uh conclude this segment uh colonel uh i understand um by the time this uh, video is released, your video that I'm about to mention will already have been released, so uh, why don't you go ahead and give some details. There's got a bit of a documentary, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or
12: that's correct. Uh, you can find it on Chris Wine Africa on YouTube, which will, will premiere on the, well, they will have seen already, but she, the date will have passed. But you can go back and watch it after the fact on Friday the 23rd of September at uh, 1.30 Eastern Standard Time, because it's based on South Africa time, which is 7.30 South Africa time, six hours ahead. It's Hrut uh, Constantia, which is South Africa's oldest surviving vineyard. It's a documentary on the wine industry in the Western Cape, including the history of slavery, uh, mixing of races, the arrival of the Huguenots, the French Calvinists who came there, contributed to the wine industry industry, and viticulture, and also about the actual vineyard itself. It's done with the uh, the chief executive officer of this not-for-profit vi- uh, winery, Jean Naudet, and myself, and I think the people find it fascinating. It's not a long watch. It's only 20 minutes, and you're welcome to watch it on Chris Wine Africa, which is where my news broadcast is located.
2: All right. Well, Colonel, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much uh, for joining the show, giving some insight, and uh, glad you had a good time while you were down there. I envy you that because, you know, when I was in South Africa, like I say, it was an in and out trip. I only got to see part of Johannesburg and uh, the inside of a casino when I already lived in Vegas at the time.
12: (laughs) You didn't see much of South Africa, say least. But I did see seven of nine provinces in a 30-day trip, and uh, what an amazing adventure. I met some of the most famous and influential South Africans from politics, from music, and uh, from um, other parts of the society. It was incredible, and, and I'll be repeating the experience a few months down the road, but it was something else.
2: Yeah, yeah. The only differences I noticed while I was in South Africa is they were driving on the opposite side of the car and the opposite side of the street. Being in Johannesburg, seriously, even though I was in a different country, you've been to one big city, you've been to them all. So that's well, just my feel.
12: Well, like many Anglophone countries, they drive on the wrong side of the road. And I say that because we drive on the right side of the road. They drive <laughs> on the left side. So they're wrong. <laughs> uh,
2: Colonel, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be speaking again soon. Cheers. All right. All right, there you have the conversation with Colonel Chris Wyatt. It's always good talking to him. Time to go to our next music set. Coming up, we have Sweet Tea Trio, going to be followed by Forever Still. Then we got D Ramsey, Josh Bricker, and Another Way of Life. Be right back after this. How dare you, and who in the hell fuck do you think you are?
0: You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart?
13: You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan.
14: Bet he's with you, telling you now How he's in love and can't live without your sweet kid isn't your sweet smile? I might feel like heaven for a little while. You probably won't listen. You're probably gonna laugh Once upon a time, he kissed me too, like Sleeping Beauty and her prince. Living his American dream Buy a house, buy a car A perfect family And I bet you won't think anything When he's gone with his friends to the bar But I know
1: Where do you want stop shop for night crawlers? Stink bait, animal calls, fishing license, deer way station, mashed liquor, rocking chairs and shotguns, fireworks, Merlin's world famous pies, Civil War memorabilia, reading material, castor off, VHS tapes, and the newest fax and telex machines. We also offer hog feed, chicken feed, and Merlin's hominy grits. We have patriotic items too. We are the center. Of a thriving community. Stop by our Cedar spell. Don's Country
0: Store.
6: In the am fucking night. G, boy, to the death. I'm doing my fucking thing. If I hate it, hating on me, I'm splitting. his my mind. I ain't never gave a fuck. You think I'ma change time? But as well, forget about it, I'm back in my prime side. Like I told them all before, I'ma rise to the top. Man, they really don't hate me when this fucking album die. My lyrics are on fire. The way they be in touch. I'm sick of the bullshit. I'm losing my fucking mind. I'm wind up in a rusty world with eyes shut. Walk alone through the darkness. Only I ain't afraid. I'm taking a stand now. I'm done with this fucking time. CNT ain't shit. But a prison I put in time. As long as I be around, I'm spitting the truth, bro. Hate on me, motherfucker. I'm keeping it real now. Talking about I fell off But homie, I'm here now My lyrics are eating heavy Something like a war zone I'ma be the hottest with it I'm killing these rap songs I'm a hit five baby You know that I get it in Drop a track, at the track I'm putting that work in Motherfuckers can't stop me Cause baby, I'm in the zone the they play player They want it, then bring it on I'm ready for war, bitch I'm never gonna back down I ain't never been a pussy So fuck them, it's going down Seven years in the game I started at 15 And I'm still rolling. potty You know what I fucking mean The one they don't need they know that I keep it real I ain't wasting no time on the motherfucking will I do what I gotta do to make it up in the shame Why y'all hating on me? Y'all some motherfucking lame
13: Lips pop the top off and make it twist. I'm a am so right. Shaking that money maker all night. Cause this girl right here is my favorite kind of beer. It's got a go down smooth. It's my favorite kind of beer It's my favorite kind of beer She might be a yingling, a spring flame When she goes out, she's wearing that bling A shock top, yeah, don't stop Keep pouring that beer, yeah, feel it to the top the. Make me wanna take it down an old back road Cause this girl right here Is my favorite kind of beer It's gotta go down smooth And light me up just right But the way she's moving them hips Man, has got me feeling alright I don't need no alcohol She's got me buzzing all night Cause this girl right here it's my favorite kind
15: of
10: beer
13: It's my favorite kind of
10: beer
13: a Light, so right Corona made me want to a shot try Yeah, don't stop Gonna feel it to the top It's gotta go down just right, but the way she's moving them hips, man's got me feeling alright, don't need no alcohol, she's got me buzzing all night, cause this girl right here, is my favorite kind of beer, It's my favorite kind of beer.
4: community organizers and campus radicals in Idaho are still up to their dirty tricks teaching Idaho kids from cradle to college that white people are inherently racist. Now, these left-wing nuts are taking the whole race thing to a whole new level with critical race theory. According to critical race theory, teaching children math, arithmetic is racist. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, racist. Can you say ridiculous? Malcolm X warned against critical race theory. It's very harmful. It's wrong. And the leftist nuts teaching this stuff to our children know it. Join Idaho Freedom Action to put an end to this leftist takeover of education in Idaho. Join the fight against the teaching of critical race theory to Idaho's youngsters. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org today. IdahoFreedomAction.org At some point, you're going to want to consider this. If a national emergency or a natural disaster or even civil unrest should occur, where would you go? Seriously, where? heading into the sticks with some MREs in a tent might be alright for a week or two but then what? And who's around you? Who can help you if you need it? And how long would you last without the security and comfort of your own home? If you've asked yourself these questions, consider X-Point, located in the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota, a limited number of military-grade hardened shelters originally built by the U.S. government 80 feet long, 26 feet wide 12 and a half foot ceilings that you can custom build out to your own tastes X-Point, a 9 square mile of like-minded people who know the best way to deal with a disaster is to distance yourself from it. If you've always wanted a real bug-out bunker with the amenities of home, visit terravivos.com. T-E-R-R-A-V-I-V-O-S.com. X X-Point. X marks your spot. Chaz Mitchell Custom Hats makes and sells custom hats with a Western influence. These hats are not cheesy, one-size-fits-all, except they're not cowboy hat knockoffs. Chaz Mitchell will custom design and build a genuine hat just for you, the way you want it. Chaz will actually measure your head, talk with you about the hat you desire, make it, and deliver it to you. You'll make a statement every time you put on your hat. Originally from Jigs, Nevada, Chaz Mitchell grew up cowboy and alongside his father, Waddy Mitchell... They built their first hats together at a workshop in Elko, Nevada. Chaz recalls his father once telling him, make a hat you would be proud to wear. After years of practice and studying hats and their owners, Chaz knows what makes a good hat maker. It's understanding that a hat doesn't only fit the circumference of the head, but also the personality of the owner. Get in touch with Chaz today, and he'll build you a hat you will be proud to wear. Visit Chaz Hats. That's C-H-A-Z-H-A-T-Z dot com.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with We the People Holsters. If you own a handgun, then you know you need the perfect holster to go with it. We the People Holsters are made right here in the USA by gun nerds who are not afraid to support our Second Amendment. Whether you want kydex or leather, We the People Holsters has just what you need. We the People Holsters is the preferred option of professionals throughout the law enforcement industry, as well as those serving in the branches of the armed forces. Simply go to www.outlawradioabs.com, go to the store section, and click on the We the People Holsters banner to select the holster that's perfect for you. Don't wait. Get your holster from We the People Holsters today
4: salt lake city utah the crossroads of the west home of the salt lake temple the wasatch mountains to the east of the city and red pill expo 2022 november 12th and 13th at the calvin l rampton salt palace convention center in salt lake city utah Can't make it to Salt Lake City? The Expo will be live-streamed and archived should you miss any of it. Red Pill Expo is the major public event of Red Pill University. The mission of the Expo and the University is to bring together world-class experts to set the record straight on fake narratives, fake history, and fake news. At each and every Red Pill Expo, truth-seekers unite to get a better understanding of how the world really works, a world where collectivism reigns. It's time for individualism and an open mind, mark your calendars, and make your plans now to attend Red Pill Expo 2022. Get more details and register today at redpillexpo.org.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to LR Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink, Hunter Athletic, Gear Up Let's Train, and Neutronics IGF-1, Making Men, Men Again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Another Way of Life with Fade Away. Before that, Josh Bricker with My Favorite Kind of Beer. Before that... My good friend, the late D. Ramsey with Forgotten. And buddy, you are definitely not forgotten. Before that, Forever Still with Scars. And starting off the whole set, Sweet Tea Trio with Wake Up. All right, moving right right along, it's time to go to the icon, Stephen James with The Steve Solution. Here we go.
16: If you have any trouble voting, they have officials there at the election site to assist if you need assistance. That's what they're there for. They cannot tell you who to vote for, how to vote, whatever. That is against so many laws it's not even funny and if there's ever a whiff of that i think every vote in a particular precinct could be nullified and certainly the participant could find him or herself doing some jail time
4: this is the steve solution with steven james on outlaw radio
16: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the steve solution i know it's been a minute since we've been here but god damn it are we back right now and we have got a fun
2: episode for you right bad billy i believe so because i mean the, this whole show is pretty much angled around uh politics i mean uh, you know i spoke with uh a couple of guys a uh, couple of friends from new hampshire include one of them including one of our bearded brothers the bearded patriots and then I uh, talked with colonel wyatt he just got back from south africa and there's things going on there we had to discuss but so uh, now we got we got more political issues it's just like uh you know you can't escape the realm right now. Well
16: all I can really say is you know I don't know that I've ever uttered these words before but god bless the state of Florida <laughs>
2: and long live governor DeSantis. Uh, yeah. Better say it right DeSantis no don't Oh DeSantis
16: sorry my bad.
2: Yeah I S at the end but uh yeah, I mean, uh, he, he took a page out of uh, Governor Abbott's book. Say, hey, you want immigrants? You, you want them. them? You got them. And cheers to
16: him for doing it. And not only did he send them to, you know, a so-called sanctuary city, he sent them to an exclusive island full of fucking rich people. <laughs> How do you fucking not love that shit?
2: You know what, Steven, have you ever seen a movie by uh, Mel Brooks called Life Stinks? Yep. And I'm it, a
16: big Mel Brooks fan. Love that movie.
2: Yeah. Just, you remember that part where all the homeless people crashed that uh, rich party? I mean, the, Mel Brooks, of course, he's rich himself and took on a bet that uh, he had to live so long with on the streets with a bunch of bums. And, and uh, he honored his end of the deal, but the guy he made the bet with didn't. So, it's like, okay, you're going to fuck me, you're going to fuck me out of everything I own. Let's let's play the game and he had the he had all those homeless people crash that party.
16: You know the funny thing is if you were to ask Mel Brooks right now about this whole Florida thing, he'd say it's inhuman. You can't do that to people because, you know, he's a typical Hollywood liberal, a, albeit a very funny one because i mean damn <laughs> there's almost nothing that guy has not done or that he has done that hasn't made me laugh with the exception of high anxiety i don't know why i just didn't care for that movie but everything else that he has done just kills me got you
2: know, I- yeah, I, I know this is a bit off topic, but I, I just got to say this, is that uh, I remember some kid that I, I was in fifth grade, he's like, I was watching this movie last night where a bunch of cowboys are sitting down eating chili, and they all start farting. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> and I went back, oh, you must be talking about blazing saddles. <laughs> you know, the great thing about,
16: and I know, again, we're sliding a little off topic, but In a world where that movie has been almost cancelled I This is where I gotta give credit to the fine people at Roku For anyone to watch 100% for free On their TV, on their phone, on their tablet, on their computer Wherever you wanna watch it If you wanna watch Blazing Saddles The fine people at Roku Have it for free Uncensored, it's fucking beautiful. I love that movie, and I know there's going to be somebody listening going,
2: "Oh, well, you're just a fucking racist." No, I'm not. I'm just enjoy good comedy. Actually, that movie displayed how stupid racist people were. Exactly, like Archie Bunker. He's the biggest fucking buffoon when you you sit you sit down and watch him. You know, just so all those racist people were fucking idiots. And, and the new sheriff proved it. The sheriff is a... Ding!
16: Yeah. All right. Back to Martha's Vineyard, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look, I get... It, it was a... Brill- he actually, had uh, I believe it was Governor DeSantis that also sent a busload of immigrants to... Uh, the vice president's house was was that Governor
2: Abbott? Uh, d- God, I can't remember honestly. It, uh, I
16: believe it was Governor DeSantis.
2: But again, if I'm wrong,
16: you know, all on that shit. You know, later when the time comes. But sending, literally, you know, bus or bus loads, I forget which it is, to the right vice president's house. I I want to say that's almost better than Martha's vineyard because um you know how many rooms did you know Kamala or Kamala open up to those people because I don't believe it was one and that's the vice president that is you know preaching open borders she didn't you know take anybody in very that true. being that being said, Martha's Vineyard is even better because a the Obamas lived there for half the year. The entire island is vacant almost half the year except for the you know the working class people that live there to you know serve the rich people. So you have all these empty rooms for literally six months out of the year. And within 48 hours, they shipped every single one of them off that island. You all saw that video of that, uh, you know, Martha's Vineyard woman who was hugging people as they got off everything. And, oh, we're so glad you're here. How many people does
2: she let stay in her house? Oh, and uh, let's not forget to that uh, Gavin Paris Newsom.
16: Oh, jeez, God, Governor Newsroom.
2: He wants to. Uh, he wants to file lawsuits against Abbott and DeSantis for this. He'd
16: have better luck filing lawsuits against Abbott and Costello. Good Lord.
2: Yeah. This is
16: the same guy that has fucking rolling blackouts through his entire state that made the big announcement that says by 2035, the entire state of California will have only electric vehicles. You don't have the power infrastructure to power your state now. You won't approve any new power plants, but you think that somehow magically... Everybody in the state is going to switch to an EV. Hey,
2: Stephen, what's the difference between the Titanic and the state of California?
16: The Titanic already sank?
2: The Titanic had lights on when it sank.
16: Yeah, that's a good point, too. (laughs) I was just going to say, you know, the Titanic already sank. The state of California is in the process of sinking.
2: Yeah, but now that, yeah, they're going to do it with load shedding.
16: Go figure. (laughs) True. But I will say this you know what the two similarities are? There's going to be some asshole playing music on the way down on both. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gentlemen, it has been an honor to play with you.
2: You know, I want,
16: and I love the fact that they all went, Yes, it has been. Let's play music instead of one person going, Fuck. You, I want to spot on one of those boats.
2: Just if, saying, if Trump would have managed to complete the wall before uh, before he was robbed, and I'm sorry, Matt, I'm I'm going to hang on to the fact that I I believe the election was stolen. But uh, if he managed, by the way,
16: he had a great speech tonight in South Carolina. I watched that. Oh yeah, on uh, Newsmax, and really nice speech. Where where was he in
2: South Carolina? Do you know?
16: I, I'll find out. I want to say it was shorter, but I could be wrong. Oh,
2: okay. No, Wilmington, Wilmington. That's where he was.
16: Well, like I said, I could be wrong.
2: So, um, if he, he had managed to complete that wall in the, in his four year term, I'll know what, what would Biden do now? Would he just leave a gate open?
16: Uh, well, I imagine if, um, you know, Trump. Actually completed that wall. What Biden would be doing right now is applying for Social Security because he wouldn't have gotten re-elected or
2: elected. No, he 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 didn't get elected. He got, and I still, you know what I mean. Yeah,
16: but it would have been beyond the shadow of a doubt because we wouldn't have had this massive immigration problem we have right now.
2: You know, and yeah, isn't it funny, too, that you heard you heard Bill Clinton and you heard Barack Obama saying the exact same things that Trump said. Only Trump Trump said it, he became a racist when, it, you know, he talks about immigration. But yeah, those, those two said the exact same things. Yeah, and- every single president, including
16: Biden, by the way, says border security is very important. Biden himself, as president, has said border security is very important. Yet he has opened up this massive, massive floodgate for illegal immigrants. And no, I will not say undocumented persons. No. They, there's a reason they call it illegal immigration, because they are entering this country illegally.
2: Exactly, they're not signing the guest book. They're swimming across. They're or they're most of hit- them are walking right across the yeah. fucking bridge in Nogales. Yeah, they don't. They don't even have to swim across anymore. Or God, if you ever seen that one movie uh, with Cheech Marin born in East L.A., where he was caught hiding. Movie. He was caught hiding in the in the motorhome refrigerator. You know,
16: who is the president of the United States, sir? Oh, it's that one guy from Death Valley Days? You know, John Wayne.
2: (laughs) Good movie, by the way. Yeah, but
16: great movie.
2: But still, you know, it's it's a fact of the matter of whether they're swimming across or they're hiding, they're hiding in the back of a freight truck or something like that. You know. But uh, they don't have to do that anymore. It's like. it's I've like said the, I've the, said
16: for years now, oh, sorry, go ahead and make your point. I I you're done.
2: I said it's like there's somebody standing on our side of the border ringing the fucking dinner bell.
16: You know, I have said for years, mainly because this country really was built on the backs of immigrants, and it will continue to be built on the backs of immigrants. Because they're the ones that are willing to do the hardest, most fucked up, labor intensive jobs. I welcome immigrants into this country.
2: Oh, but not unless if you ask these two fucking bitches, these two worthless fucking bitches. Kamala took- and AOC? No, no. They, they, these are they, they aren't that popular. But they were Oh I didn't uh, know
16: that there was any two more worthless bitches out there, but okay.
2: Now these two girls, they they took Lee Greenwood's beautiful song, and I'm I'm going to recite the lyrics. I'm not going to sing them. I'm ashamed to be in America, or I'm ashamed to be an American, and I won't forget the slaves that died that built this land. Fuck Trump and fuck the uh, I, USA. So they're parodying Lee Greenwood. Yeah,
16: and uh, I, fa- I be fantastic. Sure. That's a, no. That's again, not a I'll, I'll, I'll ask the question: How many of uh, these? No, I won't say undocumented. How many of these illegal immigrants are they housing? Or even if they don't want them in their house. I can understand not wanting them in their you know personal space. How many of them are they personally paying for for uh, a motel room, an apartment? You know, some kind of how many people how many of them are they personally paying for? Not through a charity, you know, how many Juan Gonzalez Gonzalez Jorge Rodriguez are they paying for personally to house? Hmm. None. Oh, but oh. they're, but they're ashamed. First off, I'll quote, and I don't ever quote Tom Cruise from anything or Oliver Stone, because they're both fucking nutjobs. jobs. But I will say this from the Oliver Stone movie, as said by Tom Cruise, they say, if you don't love America, then get the hell hell out. out. Well, I love America. So how many of you people claim to hate America so much yet are still living under the blanket of our freedom? Canada's got plenty of goddamn room and they love rich people in Canada. So go the fuck there.
2: Oh yeah. And you want to, yeah, they say something too about uh, oppression Well, Canada's under serious oppression right now.
16: Yeah, well, but it's liberal
2: oppression, so they're okay with that. Yeah, until they they experience it for themselves, because even liberals in Canada now are getting tired of fucking uh, Fidel Castro, Justin Trudeau. Well, I mean, we saw
16: the, you know height of that during the fucking trucker convoy which by the way a bunch of american truckers joined that cause when was the last time americans joined a canadian cause i don't think you'll find a major example of that in history indeed That ought to tell you something. When Canada is so fucked up that Americans are going, wow, really? But going back to Martha's Vineyard, that was a masterstroke. That is an island in Massachusetts that
2: that's, is solely oh. occupied by. Oh no, that's. Two- That's not an island. That is an oasis. So, technically speaking, it's an island. Technically speaking, it's an island, but it it is a rich man's oasis. Well,
16: it's occupied by uh, basically a 90-20, or sorry, 90-10%. You have 10% of the population that live and work there year-round, that bust their ass of the working-class people, they are you, they are me, that, you know, run the shops, they run the restaurants, they mow the lawns, all this other shit. You know, yeah, there's a certain amount of people during the height of the, you know, season that ferry their way over, but population-wise, it's 90-10. of the people live there, maybe 50% of the time. The other 10% are those that are working there, bussing their ass for the super rich that live there. What more perfect analogy for, oh, you have a sanctuary city, you love immigrants, Governor DeSantis did the perfect thing Because every single person on that island Whether it was the 90 or the 10 They all vote 100% Democrat You can look at the voting records There's maybe three Republicans on that island Not enough to justify the fucking You know, the plus or minus Everybody there is a Democrat.
2: Oh, God, considering it's Massachusetts. Well, I mean,
16: to be fair, you know, that state did have a Republican usurp a Kennedy at one point. There are a fair amount of Republicans in that state.
2: Yeah. There's just none on Martha's Vineyard. Actually, one one Republican that uh, just kind of surprised me is uh, from from Boston, mind you. Uh,
16: you mean Boston? Boston, yeah.
2: Boston,
16: you got to remember to you know park your car and have it yard,
2: and go to the hospital if you have a heart attack. Uh, but but. Is,
16: but, but, but but instead of going to the hospital, you should go to the bar and just have a drink. <laughs> You'd probably feel better.
2: But, oh, the lead singer, Godsmack, uh, Sully, uh, what, whatever his last name is. he I don't know. He was a Republican.
16: Oh, that would explain why nobody's heard of Godsmack in 20 years.
10: <laughs>
2: yeah. Same deal with three doors down. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I haven't even heard the, that name for a long time <laughs> since uh,
16: Trump's inauguration, actually. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But my entire point with that is literally, you know, with the plus or minus error figured in, 100% of Martha's Vineyard. Is Democrat Massachusetts is a sanctuary state basically,
2: and okay. I, mind you too that I mean I've always heard that uh, you know under under a Democrats or excuse me a Republicans regime the rich get richer the poor get poorer but yet you got these uh, Democrats on. Vin, uh, at Martha's Vineyard And uh, how much of uh, Their Did they donate to the homeless Did they do anything Well
16: there's also that And uh, let me remind you Of 100% Of the non-business Owning uh, People of Martha's Vineyard Just the people That work. At the businesses in Martha's Vineyard. 100% of those people are not homeowners. Why? Because they can't afford to own homes on Martha's Vineyard. They're lucky to rent fucking guest house
2: or apartments. Then again, uh, you know, this the way it's going now i mean how can anybody afford uh a, afford a house or you know i mean if you really want to buy because of, you know the cost of rent is going up god and now we have we have elderly people elderly people that uh, are are like well what do i have what do i do this month do i eat or take my medicine well
16: uh I'm- Isn't that the classic Democratic line When they want to oppose Republicans You know The elderly Social Security people are going to have to Choose between their medicine And their food or they're going to be eating cat food Well now it's You know happening under a Massive scale Under a Democratic Rule Where's the relief for those people Where's the relief for those on Social Security who are paying an electric bill three times the size that it was this time last year,
2: who are paying quadruple at the fucking grocery store? I think uh, I liked what uh, Trump said it best to AOC. It's like we want to walk our dogs, not eat them.
16: It's a very good line. Yes. Although I will say this When it comes between cats and dogs If you prepare them properly You really can't taste the difference (laughs)
2: You're an asshole
16: (laughs) Have you ever known me not to be an asshole? Never (laughs) My point is Dropping all those immigrants, right in the land of milk and honey, the richest of the riches, not one of them opened up their home to any of these people. As a matter of fact, within 48 hours, they were shipped the fuck out of there because they didn't want them there. Despite the bitch that, you know CNN touted on the news, Hugging all of them when they were coming, you know, off the fucking plane or uh, airport, fucking shuttle, or whatever it was. Yeah, they stood there and they hugged them or she did. Nobody, not one person on fucking Martha's Vineyard took in a so called immigrant refugee. Not one, yet they want to bitch about Republicans not letting immigrants into this country so they can all take their fist, lube it up, realize, nice, and shove it up their fucking ass. They're fucking hypocrites.
2: Damn right they are. Hey, and, uh, you know, it's... Would we know what kind of hypocrites they, they were? I mean, obviously, you take... Uh, people like you and me who know from the beginning, you know. But uh, would anybody else know if the if this hadn't happened, would they know what kind of hypocrite that uh, that w- that we have running our country right now? Would they know? No.
16: See, that's the bitch about it: is we still don't know unless you're really paying attention. Because where are all the news articles from? Even fucking Fox. CNN, MSNBC. Where are all their articles going? What the fuck is wrong with the people in the Hamptons or uh, Martha's Vineyard? Why don't they want these people? You know, I none got of it. them. None of the major news or outlets are saying why the fuck don't you want these people? You say they belong here. I. I they gotta, all come. They all come up with fucking excuses oh, well, we have a housing thing in Martha's Vineyard. No, you don't. 50% plus of the residences on Martha's Vineyard are vacant 60% of the fucking year. Why are you bleeding heart liberals who own these houses? Why aren't the Obamas housing immigrants in their house? No one's asking that fucking
2: question to them let me say this, Stephen, we got to, and then we got to wrap up here, but uh, you know, this is all uh, an attempt to, it's a desperate move by the Democrats to get this massive blue wave because they want, I mean, New York and uh, Illinois are are a couple of places that uh, you don't have to, you don't have to be a citizen of the country and you don't have to have ID to vote, you know, and they want to make the rest of the country that way. And so they're really aimed at texas and they're really aimed at florida you know and um it's it's and then somebody else said well immigrants need to flood texas because texas was stolen from santa ana well how about santa ana himself is nothing more than a descendant of a fucking spanish immigrant who who stole from the Mayans
16: You know We can go that far back in history And I'm sure there might be some valid points In there somewhere But at the same time Those states have made their fucking decisions And those states have decided No We do not want this. Florida has decided they don't want this. Texas has decided we do not want this. And their simple solution is just that. Very simple. You have all these liberal areas going, no, you must let these people in. Okay, fine. We're going to let them in. And we're going to fucking send them to you. And what is their response? Is to send them somewhere else because they don't really want them. And Martha's Vineyard is the perfect example of that. Not one of those people that was shipped to Martha's Vineyard is in Martha's Vineyard right now. Why? Because. The super rich, ultra elite that live there don't fucking want them. The very minute portion of working class people in Martha's Vineyard there do not fucking want them. So what did they do? They put them on a fucking ferry to Boston. Because why? None of them give a flying fuck about Boston. Boston, and by the way, Boston is gonna fucking ship them somewhere else too.
2: Well, we gotta wrap it up because we are out of time. But uh, hey, Stephen, next next week, got to keep it going. Uh, We'll have more to talk about. Uh, I'm already bored of the border. Not
16: really. Just sounded good. No, uh, I really. This topic literally enrages the fuck out of me because you got all these stupid fucking liberal pricks that spout one thing, but none of them in their districts, their counties, their cities, and more importantly, their homes are housing any of these fucking people. They want everybody else to float the fucking bill. So I will challenge this to every fucking liberal that I doubt listens to this show, but I will challenge this. One of you somewhere house one, and I will match you fucking dollar for dollar.
2: And if you want to bitch about it, or if you want to take on his challenge, the number is seven, three, two. Yo, bitch. And I will play your shit on the air. And I will respond to you. All right. Hey, we got to cut it. Uh, thanks a lot, Stephen. Love you, brother. And that will do it for this week's edition of Outlaw Radio. On tap for next week is always, as I say, to be determined. We're going to end the show with Scuzz Twitley. Yes, going to throw a little comedy to end the show with 300 pound mustache ride. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, and I will be back next week.
0: Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio.
5: Some deep fried pickle chips from the corner of my soul, those mighty hip hips. Her laugh was big and bawdy with the cheery cherub grin. Giant, jittery, jiggling, tugging, she rocked a double chin. Big, round, thick, and wide, she was a 300 pound mustache ride. And beers and whiskey shops. We started cutting loose. Got a ticket on that gravy train to ride the big caboose. I laid back in her trailer and she plopped out on my mug. We listened to, I know in a while, a mustard juicy rug. Deep, dark, wet inside. She was a 300 pound mustache ride. But when I woke up in the morning, my back was feeling weak neck her like a son of a bitch. Something was fucking sweet. I went down to the doctor and he sadly shook his head. My red neck was wrecked, my spine was hanging by for red. He said, I'm gonna have to cut your boy, your bones are in disgrace. Too many and chicks of manna sitting on your face. We'll get you feeling better, cut you better, slow it down. Keep your pussy eating under 250 pounds. Sweet. Dixie fried, she was a 300 pound mustache. Right, tons of fun, but a damn near died. She was a
2: 300 pound mustache. Right, hey everyone, Bad Billy here. Do you own a business, or perhaps you're in a band, or maybe you run a radio show or podcast? Whatever you do. You want to market your brand with custom-made apparel. Look no further than Fresh Baked Teas. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, goozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from Fresh Baked Teas. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to FreshBakedTeas.com, submit your logo, and place your order today.
4: support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of OutlawRadioABS.com Show the world how much you love Outlaw Radio with Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of caravan to midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better. Get the best night's sleep in the whole wide world and more with MyPillow, pillows and other products. Are you and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency? Visit Supply and purchase buckets of food with a 25-year shelf life. Check out We the People Holsters, made in America by gun nerds who are not afraid to support and stand up for their Second Amendment rights. The Tactical Brotherhood is veteran-owned, and the gear and other products they sell are all American-made. A portion of your purchases go to support organizations for veterans at concealedcarry.com. Find news, get firearm instruction, and buy accessories and apparel. Visit outlawradioabs.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions.
0: Proudly sponsored by One of a Kind Art 43 Created by a professional artist Tammy Blackman Tammy offers free consultations And will customize your art piece To fit your needs Each of her pieces are As the name suggests Is one of a kind Because each are personalized pieces And once she is done There will never be another If you are interested Go visit Tammy On her social media pages Facebook and TikTok By searching One of a Kind Art 43 Where Tammy broadcasts her work And she's making custom tumblers Or canvas art For another satisfied customer you can always reach out to Tammy through her email at oneofakindart43 at gmail.com or call 409 234 5156. Although the prices vary, the quality is unmatched. Again, her social media pages are one of a kind with underscores between each word, followed by the word art and the number 43. Thank you again, Tammy, for another presence on this show.
4: Pancakes. Hot, fluffy, delicious pancakes Smothered in butter and warm maple syrup Growing up in foster care Terrence Williams always dreamed about Big family gatherings around the breakfast table With grandma in the kitchen Cooking up a big family breakfast As a kid, he could almost smell That intoxicating aroma Of those delicious, hot and fluffy pancakes As an adult, he has cultivated His love for cooking and his passion for food Into his line of Cousin T's pancake mixes I'm talking Gourmet pancakes here. Go to tees.com Browse all the pancake choices, including buttermilk, apple cinnamon, blueberry, and various limited edition pancake mixes. Show the world how much you love cousin teas pancakes with cousin teas apparel and drinkware.
6: Go to cousintees.com C O U S I N T S.com. Cousin teas, y'all, the best pancakes you have ever had. You can't count for these pancakes. Get yours today.
4: I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this! You have been listening to
1: Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions I'll never see it